God, dude, it's so funny. It's so funny. I went, I can tell when I'm about to say something that I know some of these people on Twitter would be like, dude, they get it. Thank Christ. And then I can tell when I'm about to say something where they'd be like, this guy is so stupid. He doesn't want the guy. Dude, I can tell. It's funny. If we, if you like, awareness is if rough, you clockwork huh? oranged anybody to watch this podcast, they would just like have so many. I don't know if they would think we are stupid or geniuses. up everyone welcome to the podcast the show dedicated to talking about all the poggers things in life like music content creation and video games i am one of your co-hosts jessica zam uh and i am uh two completely distinct uh people one of which is a weeb i'm now a, a weeb you're a weeb Te now technically yep um and then uh shit what was the other one? Oh my god i forget i forget what the other one was i guess maybe i'm just a weeb uh maybe i watched my first simp. my first anime oh well actually outside outside of i don't know if these count but i watched dragon ball z as a kid okay i watched pokemon as a kid and then obviously cory in the house those are the only three yeah. animes i watched okay but what did you just recently? Uh, edge edge runners oh which yeah is, that's so good is, isn't it Oh, you saw it? Yeah, I watched Edge Runners. Yep, yeah, it was fucking good. It's really good. Although I was told that it wasn't made in Japan, so it's not technically an anime. Yeah, so. I don't know. That's what I've I've heard that too about some things, but I don't know what, is, what, what the fucking Edge Runners is. is sick, dude. It was so good. Wait, so you did you play Cyberpunk? A little, like when it first came out. I just I watched Edge Runners Edge Runners just because so many people were like, "Bro, watch Edge Runners." So like, I never even never even heard of it yeah. until I was like the day before I finished Cyberpunk. Yeah. So the other anyway, so I'm a weeb now. Not this isn't anime, I don't think either, but did you ever watch Arcane? Brother. Is that an anime? It's an animated show set in the League of Legends universe. Oh god, I can't imagine a least a less interesting universe that I would want to be. It was it was better than Edge Runners, one hundred percent. Unironically, like top top ten TV shows I've watched in the past two three years. Huh. It's really like I literally did not watch it for for like the amount of people that told me to watch Arcane, and then I would watch a trailer and I'd be like, nope, not interested in this. And then the next time I, I like didn't have a show to watch, I was like, Chad, what should I watch? And people were like watch watch Arcane, and I was like, nah. And then I watched it, and it was so good. It was a very good show. Yeah. I I I'll look into it. I um I don't know anything about like League of Legends. You, nor do you need to. Not neither do I. I've never played League of Legends once in my entire life, and I've probably consumed less than ten minutes of League of Legends content. As far as like, it's really just like it shouldn't. I shouldn't have even said it. I should have just said watch Arcane. It's really good because it has nothing to do with like League of Legends. Well, I guess it's it, just it like could, the, opening, maybe. the opening scene. It's just like a kid with his keyboard yeah, his yeah, everywhere, yeah. and he's like, "This is an anime." Yeah, I literally know nothing about League of Legends. I have listen. I have not s steered you wrong yet. All right, I'll look into it. I'll look, <laughs> look, into, I'll it. look into it. And it's, it's on only, Netflix. Is it is Netflix? It one season? And it's only one season. Yeah. Okay, I can get behind that. Yeah, I can get behind that. I uh, I think it was a Netflix original. Yeah. It looks interesting. It was just, uh, it was just because the thing is, is like, I don't really care. Like this, 
I'm so tired of settings. I want good stories. The amount of TV shows I've started and like all anything cool that they set up in the first few episodes, they just ignore or all of the character development just goes away. Basically, how everything you feel about Starfield's like story and narrative where you're like, what is this doing here? Why is it here? You could have made this a cool moment. That is how I feel about how 90% of TV shows people are like, watch the show. And I'm like, all right. And like the first two episodes, I'm like, okay, you have me invested. And then they just systematically dismantle everything. And I hate it so much. And so, but the thing is, is that all those shows have phenomenal settings. So it's like, at this yeah. point, I don't care what the setting is. You know what I mean? I just want you to care about your characters and the story that you're telling. And Arcane is like narrative. It's all it is. Like, it's just, it's character development. It's narrative. It's like, it's just, it feels good. So that's why I enjoyed it I like, because I was like, I don't know anything about League of Legends, but if you, if you're trying to tell me a good story, I'll be here for that. And that's what it was. I liked, um, <coughs> I think there were some elements of edge runners where I, I might, I'd have to watch it again to like actually pay attention. But yeah, there's a lot of like lingo and stuff that I don't think I would have quite gotten had I not played cyberpunk. Mm. Um, just all yeah. of the little there's probably that some layers have, that i missed yeah you know where people like like they're like nicknames for people or like you know like bro or whatever they'll they'll say like choom or gonk yeah gonk is like you yeah. idiot um you know and, and then a lot of other things i guess i you could probably pick up on some other things you know like when they say like i gotta gotta go and it's like we got a delta yeah um but uh but there's just like a bunch of a bunch of things that they didn't waste any time trying to explain. Yes. It's like, oh, it's a cyber psycho, blah, blah, blah. It's like, and I, I just know. love that. Yeah. I love that. I love feeling like I'm, I'm catching up to what's happening. I don't feel like, I hate it when it's like. I want the character to be like, wow, a cyber psycho. I remember hearing about that yeah, from my mom yeah. when she told I me just that they, read, they, the, they almost like looked to the camera. I just read about how these are the most dangerous creatures in the world. It's like, oh, that kills me. So I love that. Yeah, where it's just all the lingo and everything, and you're just picking it up as you go. Yeah. Yeah. So that was good. I've been yeah, I've been Ed, watching that. Edge Runners was dope for sure. So, did you uh, finish the? expansion to cyberpunk or did you put it down before you I, started i purchased it i installed it and then promptly uninstalled it to yeah. install red dead redemption yeah um i it was just kind of like i i, I don't want to say like i lost interest but i once i finished the main story i kind of felt like if i'm gonna play more cyberpunk i want to start over from the beginning mm. and i want to like do everything like go yeah, super wide yeah. i really kind of i i don't want to say i focused on the main quest because i did branch out and do a couple little things yeah. here and there um but there was just an infinite amount of content i know i missed yeah. um and then there's the dlc which everybody is saying is like better than the yeah. main game itself so um at some point i'm going to go back and make a female character this time um because oh yeah i was that. interested in <laughs> she's yeah um <laughs> And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's no. That makes sense. Plan, you got but... to a point where it's like, if I'm gonna keep playing, I'm devoting like 90 more hours to it, or I break here and then come back later. Yeah. Yeah. So I and I've just been playing Red Dead, and <laughs> holy fuck! Like it's so wild going from Baldur's Gate to then 
Starfield to then Cyberpunk to then Red Dead, I feel like is even like really? this is the reason the reason why I was hesitating when I was like, do I give Cyberpunk like an 8.7 or like a 9.5 out of 10? Like I can't tell. And like the reason why I would want to give it like an 8.8, you know, yeah. it's because I need space for Red Dead to be yeah. like a 9.5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't um, want to put yourself in a place where anything better than what you just reviewed has to be like a masterpiece. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so... That's cool. Red Dead 2 is... I played Red Dead 1, um, but yep. I just like was never interested in Red Dead 2 when it came out. I just... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, sometimes you're just like in the mood for certain settings and for whatever. Sure. And I'm, like, I just, I'm just not in the mood for... I, it was uh, also because... What'd you say? How old is it? Five years old? Four years old? Five years. Five. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking like 2018, 2019 Tarkov, right? Like, that's what happened to me. Is like, oh, exactly. I, yeah, true. I, I was looking, I was looking forward to Red Dead so bad because Red Dead 1 was one of my favorite RPGs like that I had played. But then I was like streaming, I was getting into streaming and I was playing Tarkov and it was like when everything was happening. And so I just, it came out and my brother played it and was like, boy, you have to play it. And I just, at the time I wasn't interested, but I watched a bunch of people play it and it looked insane. Yeah, I, uh, I, um, man, cyberpunk inspired me to want to make like a whole bunch of content. And then Red Dead is like inspired me to want to make a whole bunch of other, like, I, I, there's like no market for this. I mean, it's one of those things like, depending on who made the video and when, yeah, something like this could make, could make, you know, it could get a million views. If I released it now, I don't know that it would necessarily like do fantastic, but I, I want to yeah. do like the sights and sounds of Red Dead where I'm just like full immersion, just slow walking through looking at like the God rays. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's because it's just the it's it might be the most immersive game I think I've ever played. Red Dead. Yeah. I mean, the sound phenomenal. Even just those the, few clips you showed me. I, I noticed that the sound was like insane. <sighs> It's got the fullest soundscape I think I've ever experienced where it's like, you know, you hear just the crickets and every, you know, the cicadas and everything around you. And yeah, your horse is like, you know, clomping through the fucking mud and all there's just footprints in the mud. Yeah. Um, And then like, you know, a cart goes by and there's like the perfect tracks from like the wagon wheels and you see the mud every now and then flicking off of the the wagon wheels oh. and then your horse takes a shit you know just like a horse does yep um and then there are just conversations going on around you ambience and you see smoke off in the distance and like the fires look good and and i I've, I've been like experimenting with so many little things expecting kind of expecting the game to be like okay I, yeah you know, i'm going to try this thing i don't expect it to work and kind of like baldur's gate yeah there's been a lot of like, wow, I can't believe that actually worked. Now, I will say that the the one thing that's been a little bit annoying, but because the game is so good, it, it's it's one of those things that like doesn't detract a ton from yeah. my opinion of the game. But fuck me, the controls, dude, on PC. It's oh, like really? keyboard and mouse. Holy shit. I'm now it makes for hilarious moments. Yeah. Um, But like I'm like you saw the clip where I got like stalked yeah. by a bunch. of I would like turn and look and then like run for a while. And I'm like trying to press like left click, right click, tab. I'm like, pull out my gun. Yeah. Pull out my gun. You know? <laughs> and I just like can't. Yeah. Um, I spent a bunch of time like fishing, which I've like never been interested oh, in fishing that's funny. ever. And it's like 
um it's super chill and super relaxing until you're trying to catch like a legendary catfish or whatever and then like and it gets <laughs> I, i'm like doing this dude trying to like pull back on the fuck it's like oh my god um yeah the controls are definitely jank a lot of people say like oh yeah it's a controller game i have no idea how you could even play it on the controller i, I i'm like so not interested in controllers anymore like ever since yeah. i started playing pc unless i'm like driving um but i can't imagine with all of the like key binds and everything there are like yeah. how it would even work on controller and i don't want to learn now yeah so. i remember playing the first one on controller but i don't know yeah the but the first one you didn't you there was just not nearly as many types of interactions yeah that makes as sense. there is now um but yeah i played the original when it came out on like xbox 360 i think yep um but yeah dude I don't know, the game is the game is fucking fantastic it looks fantastic yeah i played um i played yeah the first red dead to death did you ever play the game i don't know if rockstar made this but there was the game um red dead revolver that was i think the prequel to red dead redemption i played that no no i, I didn't people were asking me about it but um but yeah dude red dead is pretty sick yeah it was made by rockstar 2004 it looks like yeah um are you are you kind of doing the main quest or are you just kind of like moseying around um i've been doing a lot of moseying around uh like i've i i don't i don't know how much of the game i've experienced i i want to say so i i literally just saved for the first time because like the prologue was like 20 hours of gameplay <laughs> yeah, um, really and I, like, yeah. just, you like and you can't save at all during the, the entire period. <clears throat> so oh. even though um the game just like auto saves in a bunch of places, but so I right before the podcast was the first time I was able to actually save and next to the save file it said 40%. I'm going to assume that that's like my progress through the main storyline, although I I could be completely wrong. Um for all I know it was like how long it was taking to save the file yeah. and I just uh I don't know, but um but yeah, I've just been doing a. You just you just pick a direction. You ride your horse, and you see like a campfire off in the distance, or you hear someone yelling, or someone comes running out of the fucking brush, and they're like, "I got yeah. bit by a snake," and you gotta like, dude, that suck suck the venom out <laughs> from their fucking leg. That thing you showed me was unreal. The first one you showed me, like where you actually like you were in first person perspective, which I hadn't seen a lot of gameplay from Red Dead in that perspective. And like that was something I noticed the sound too as you got closer to her, like how how she was crying. I didn't even know you had those like contextual things to like greet. Like you were just hitting greet the stranger, but you were it was contextually like you were like, Are you okay? Like, ma'am, talk to me. You know what I mean? But you were you weren't just that wasn't like a prompt. You you could have yeah. completely not done that. And then like all those dudes just come at you and the first thing you do is you just like blow her away. You're just like boom. That was insane. Yeah, the dialogue. I actually really like you literally only have you can greet and like antagonize. And and like sometimes you can like diffuse the situation. Okay. You can walk up to somebody, or if you step in front of somebody and they'll be like, yo, what the fuck? You can like yeah. either choose to rob them. Um yeah. or you can kind of try to diffuse the situation. Normally they're like, Yeah, keep walking. Um, but there's a, a little combination that uh, you know, people were telling me about, and then I've tried it a few times. And it's like if you greet, greet, antagonize, you'll be like Hey, that's a really nice looking horse. And the person will be like, 
hey, thanks. Uh, and you'll say like uh, something else really nice, you know, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, oh, okay, cool. And you'll be like, how long? And then if you do antagonize, there's a third one. It's like, so how long you've been married to it? You know, it's like, and they're like, what the fuck? And then it just totally like, it's a, it's a contextual insult based That's on. That's cool. Based on the first. And, and I haven't experienced a duplicate yet. Damn. That's and it's cool. his, some of his insults are savage, dude. It's That's like so a super funny. interesting way to go about that, I guess, as opposed to like having lines of dialogue and then like multiple answers that you select. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's an interesting way where you just kind of it just gesture, but then it actually adds to yeah the conversation and like the, it's not just. I would have guessed that if you um, greet, greet, and then antagonize, the antagonize would just be something random. Like, that's wild that it's actually... Something else I noticed from watching you was, like, um, I like how (laughs) natural it feels that, like, people were talking, and instead of you just, like, walking up to their conversation and they continue, they, like, interrupt themselves and they stop what they're doing and they're like, oh, hey... Because, like, that's what you would do. Like, if you were having a private conversation and somebody walked up, you would just be like, oh, hey, what's up? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't just keep talking as if they weren't there. So. Yeah, it's it's super, it's super natural. Well, not super natural. Not super natural. Uh, but um, but it's it's funny because I, I remember talking about this when I did the Tarkov AI video back in the day. I had that little <laughs> clip where the dude, like, flipped his horse over. Oh, yeah. And then, like, they get in a fight and, you know, whatever. And I talked a little bit about it. Now, there was a couple of, like, slight misunderstandings or misconceptions, like, my interpretation of the scene. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it's, like, now getting into the game and then it, I just have a whole new a whole new appreciation yeah. um, for how much attention to detail. And you know what? The funny thing is, is it's actually kind of, like... This is a little bit like seven IQ of me, um, but you know how I I was talking a bunch about the the dude that tweeted the developer that tweeted the whole like don't this shouldn't be a, a oh, raised yeah, standard yeah, yeah. about Baldur's Gate. One of the things he said in that message in that tweet was, I want to make sure I don't I like get it right. Um. He says, I'm scrolling up. Shit. It's not, I guess it's not in the first one. Um, but so at some point in that conversation, he says something about like, it's like rock star, rock star level scope. And it just occurred to me now that like, I think he was talking about rock star games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Like, I, ju- I just didn't. I hadn't played a Rockstar game in for so long. I, I genuinely forgot they fucking existed. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. That's because they're still <laughs> making TLC for <laughs> for Grand Theft Auto V. Yeah. Dude, I think we've talked about this before. Isn't it crazy Grand Theft Auto V released on the Xbox 360? I mean, I remember, I remember it taking like two hours to install. That was the first game that like I had yeah. to install like digitally. Yeah, and took forever. Um, yeah, Grand Theft Auto Five is like 
the peak player base on GTA 5 is like unreal. Like you still have Summit playing like uh, RP servers. Like it's insane the amount of people playing. And that game literally has lasted three console generations. It came out on the PS3 and the Xbox 360. They re-released it on the PS4 and the Xbox One. And they re-released it on the Xbox One X and the PS5. And people are still playing it. There have been all these leaks about um, GTA 6. Like there was a big like hacker, like somebody hacked Rockstar and like leaked I saw a few. that yesterday. Yeah, and leaked a few things. So apparently they are working on GTA 6, but like, dude, it's crazy. That that has to be one of the most milked games of all time. Like, yeah, sure, they've released Skyrim several times, but the amount of people that just still play and they make so much money off it still is wild. Well, yeah, I mean, like, it is wild. If if you think about it, the, the the budgets for these games have just gone astronomical, yeah, right? Yeah. Like 300 million, 400 million, 500 million. Yep. I mean, it's like, you know, it's it's more than their Marvel is spending on their fucking, you know, movies half the time. Seriously. Um, and, you know, back in the day, you'd sell a game for $60 <laughs> in, in a jewel case yeah. on GameStop shelves. You'd have to pay, you know, part of the cost was actually making, you know, like... uh printing the fucking discs, burning yeah. the discs, packaging them, shipping them, right? Like massive costs. Now everything's fucking digital. Yeah. Um, but they, this whole idea of we spend all this money, we need to get our money back. That's why you end up with either the, the company releases the same game 16 yeah. times um, or they do microtransactions or they have monthly fees or yeah. they do DLC or, you know, whatever. Sure. I mean, like it's just something I think, yeah, I think a lot of us are going to have to, the budgets are getting so insane that for any sort of return on investment, there has to be. And here's the thing. I don't even say that in a negative light of like GTA five. Isn't the goal of these games. Like, it's funny how, you know, uh, you know, on one hand you have people like call of duty, Right, like Call of Duty is kind of like an all, like a, it's the other extreme where it's like, do we want to be paying $70 for the like DLC update for this game every year? Or on the flip side, do you want like, they obviously created a world that's engaging enough for players to have wanted to participate in for 10 years. So like, yeah. that, I'd rather that, you know what I mean? Like you, you watch the game now and it's not, Red Dead Redemption 2 as far as graphics, but it doesn't look terrible. It doesn't look like what I think a PS3 game would look like, right? It doesn't yeah. look like what I think an Xbox 360 game would look like. Now, does that mean that, you know, I'm sure they've sold, sold their fair share of DLCs and, you know, XYZ or whatever, but it's like, it, if anything, it's almost a testament to like, they, they gave, because some of the stuff that you do in RP, like in the RP servers, is pretty crazy. So it's like, they built this sandbox that people wanted to play in, and 10 yep. years later, people are still playing it. That's actually kind of dope. You know what I mean? So um, it'll be interesting to see what they go to next. You know what I mean? And like what the... So... What the expectation will be from the player, you know? Yeah. That, that, that kind of brings me to a conversation that I don't know might be worth spending a couple minutes on because it's something that I've just been like thinking about recently. Um, the whole idea of microtransactions. So it's this is one of those things where I feel like there's valid concerns 
there's realistic complaints. And then as a result, you end up with like criticism. Mm -hmm. And then as a result, that criticism just becomes like the de facto standard kind of meme that is the reaction. Yeah. And then I feel like go forever from then on the original like criticisms are lost um yeah you know like you have all those gotcha games and all the games that have like microtransactions and and really what's what's the the core issue one of the biggest core issues is a lot of times they exploit kids spending money yeah which is like a whole other thing um and I think that I feel like that's that's like what a lot of people who argue against microtransactions and and I'm yeah in all of this I'm not saying I like microtransactions no I'm no just, no yeah um the people that argue against microtransactions stand behind that as like a I'm upset for a noble reason we yeah. don't want to exploit the kids when in reality I just genuinely don't think that these random Reddit, Twitter, antisocial weirdos, a, a lot of them, right? The, the types that like just harass people online or they're like, they're not, they're not upset with microtransactions because they feel like they're exploitative. Yeah. Like that's not why it's like yeah. something else. And I feel like it's just because it's almost just anti-corporate. Fuck you. You're not supposed to make money or it's because they want the stuff yeah, and don't want to pay for it. Don't want to pay for it. Well, I think. But it's... then at the same time, they complain. Like, why do people complain about Diablo's store? Why do they complain about yeah. an ugly thing being $20? If it's ugly and if it's useless, then nobody will buy it. Why yeah. are you upset? You, I think you're upset because you want it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're actually considering spending the money on it. Yeah. I think it's it's one of those things that, like, like like a lot of the things we've talked about is completely just like a cluster of eight or nine different issues or non-issues that get smashed together into one thing. You know what I mean? Because it's like you have things like, you know, the Fortnite battle pass and cosmetic store where like the game is free. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you have things like the Diablo Immortal like the mobile game, that scandal, where like those were they, those weren't exploitative towards kids. Those were just like exploitative towards the players. Like you could basically not play the game unless you were spending money. It was crazy. And then you have a bunch of the stuff that happened with EA with like the loot boxes and like how close that was getting to just like gambling and people gambling. were spending yeah. just so much money trying to get something that they were never going to get. And you have all these different things and it's all smashed into one conversation a lot of times. Um, and, and yeah, and, and then you have a varying degree to each of those things. Some people didn't think Diablo Immortal was a big deal. Some people thought it was a really big deal. Some people have absolutely no problem with Fortnite Battle Pass. Some people have a, a huge, and then all these people get into a room and start arguing this thing. And it's like such a cluster. And then you actually, you brought this up and it actually, I think there is a subset of people these days that are just basically F corporations. I don't want them to make any money which is complicated because some of them, you know, some dev teams work really hard. Some dev teams are really exploitative. You know, I think I actually saw this story. Somebody put it in chat, but like Epic just laid off a bunch of people like Epic Games just laid off like 800 of their staff 
But then like their CEO is like record bonuses in his pocket at the end of the year. And see, but and so that's those an interesting things thing is that like don't always that, correlate, but it it conflates the opinion of a lot of people. Yeah. So so we, we like you saying that. Let's let's have the discussion about. Well, what what are you what are people upset about? They lay off people and the CEO makes a bunch of money. OK, that's yeah. not a gaming thing. That's just a no, yeah. capitalism thing. For right? sure. Um, well, so microtransactions is completely independent of that yeah except you could almost there's an argument to be made where well if they leaned into microtransactions more they'd have more money to keep they would yeah. have to lay these people off now what people would say was well why don't they just have the ceo make less money well then it's like why did you bring it up in the context of microtransactions then yeah no, because no. what we're talking about is you know so um and I agree. I, I, I agree. I don't think and, and I don't think others and including myself often walk that logic all the way through 50 yeah, yeah. percent because we don't want to and 50 percent because we couldn't. Right. Like to really have that conversation, we would have to know what's going on at Epic Games. How many people were these people working on projects that were canceled? Were they laid off because you know what I mean? Like, why were they like, we really have to get into that? It's just one of those things where. It just hits people a certain way of just like. How? You know what I mean? Like they make, you know, you look at their their profit is, you know, public where it's like, you know, a nine billion dollars of profit or whatever it is. And this guy's making this much money and then these people get laid off. And so and and it's just a adjacent tangential thing that to what really makes me mad, which is the microtransactions. And like you said, sometimes just because I want it and I don't want to spend the money sometimes because I had a really bad experience in this game. I think that's a, a big thing too, is people had really bad experiences with microtransactions in the games that were really exploitative and just associate other yeah. microtransaction stores. You know, there have been quite a few smaller games by smaller dev teams that the games were free to play that I had no problem buying the battle pass. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Or buying a cosmetic because you know, whatever. And so I think some people bring that into the equation, you know, subconsciously. Yep. Some people don't aren't even aware that that's what they're bringing into the conversation. And it's um, also I just no, go ahead. No, go, ahead. go ahead. I was going to kind of skirt to another direction. So go ahead. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I just feel like these days, every developer that's going to come out with a game that's announcing a game that's putting a game in alpha or beta, yeah. they're like, oh, no, microtransactions. There's not many yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody has to make that so, and, and that's good. <laughs> While at the same time, I feel like there are games where there are going to be games where I wish there was more content that I could pay extra for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Red Dead Redemption 2, if I finish the game and I want to play more, if there was additional DLC or, you know, like, However many cosmetics they have in the game right now, uh, they have a million different outfits and whatever. Yeah. It's not worth it for them to design more hats for my character, right? Yeah. If but it would be if they charged. Yeah. So <laughs> what if I want more hats? Yeah. You know, but so it's like not the craziest thing where no. all of a sudden if they announced that they were going to release more hats or in more clothes right yeah. um because of red dead a lot of people would it would be a big l for rockstar yeah you know uh because they're just milking blah 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 but it's like 
Now, this is I'm going under the assumption here that there are markets for these things. Yeah. And that's why they're doing it, because if there's not a market, then there's not a problem for sure. It, then they're just wasting their time spending development resources, making stuff they're going to charge for that no one's going to buy. Nobody wants. Yeah. So it's like I I just personally don't give a fuck what companies do as long as they're not exploiting kids or getting around gambling loss. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the other, the only other thing there is in general, I think like pay to win with multiplayer games, which isn't, I mean, you can make an argument that exploited, but isn't necessarily exploiting kids or targeted at exploiting kids and it's not gambling. I think like that was the Diablo Immortal thing. Like it definitely wasn't a kid's game, but, um, but it was just like, you could pay to do everything. Everything was quicker. Everything was more everything. And, and, and the, not only could you just get through the content faster, but the non-paid content was intentionally just like really slow and grindy to a, to a an extreme. Yeah. And so I think that's I think that's the other thing. I do think that the um, opinion is slowly shifting towards like people being more okay with um, cosmetic only pay to wins. Like I've seen a lot of games basically put that forward. Like we're gonna have. Not cosmetic only pay to wins. Cosmetic only microtransactions. I don't know why I said pay to wins there. I've seen a lot of games like New World did that. Like they announced pretty early they were going to have a cash shop, but they were like, it's just going to be for cosmetics. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know, but Diablo 4 still gets raked over the coals every single really? day. Every single day for... Yeah. And like, and one of the craziest things is how many people, all the, all these videos out there, so many people criticize and they and they all say the same thing. How much Diablo 4 is pushing their store? I oh. literally never I went to their store like once and yeah. only because somebody mentioned it to me. They it, it's not like a little shopping bag notification in the top right of your screen all the time. <laughs> like, if it is, I've I never noticed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even so, like whenever I went there, it was like their worst skins. Yeah. And sure, it was like for sixteen hundred silver pieces that cost you nineteen ninety-nine. Yeah. You could end up with, you know, some random thing. But it's like what I just it doesn't I Yeah. It doesn't upset me. I feel I just you. can't I, I can't figure out why why I that would like upset people. Yeah. It's too many people with too many opinions on too many variables all smashed into one conversation for it to ever become, you know coherent they're all on the same side yes but it's that thing we talk about all the time where we're we're all willing to lock arms if there's a common enemy but then if you started talking about it you'd be like oh my god i don't agree with you on anything um adjacent when you were talking about like you know making their money back and like these budgets for games how many i don't know how true this is i literally just googled it but i have seen several articles um if you were to guess how many copies of grand theft auto 5 have been sold you know, 10 years, obviously three console generations. Uh, how many copies of Grand Theft Auto V do you think have been sold? I, I don't even know if I'm in the right universe, yeah. but I want to say like 50 million. 185 million copies sold. Which, if you average For to how a much each? $50 game, is $9.2 billion. That's not any microtransactions <laughs> or DLCs. I I don't think are included God, in this. Dude, God damn! I know. I I was like, what? 
Holy one hundred and eighty five million copies as of August twenty twenty three. The best selling. Oh, it says one of the best selling video games of all time. What the hell is? Uh, I mean, Skyrim. Uh, Skyrim. What? I. Uh, oh, it sold sixty million units. Best selling games of all time. List of best selling Minecraft number one. Actually, I don't know if these are in order. Oh, I think they are in order. Minecraft, GTA 5, fucking Tetris. You know, I don't think I've ever played a full game of Tetris in my oh, entire life. Oh, I played life. a bunch of Tetris. <laughs> um, Wii Sports. Yo, Wii Sports is a banger. Wii Sports? I loved Wii Sports. Um, PUBG, number five. Mario Kart 8. Excuse me? That's insane. That's yeah, Nintendo 60, power. 64 million on the fucking Wii U slash Switch. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2, Super Mario Brothers, Overwatch, The Witcher 3, Tetris, another version of Tetris, Pokemon Red, Green, Blue, Yellow. Yeah, <laughs> boy. 96 was such a banger of a yeah. year for video games. Ocarina of Time and Pokemon fucking Red, Blue, Yellow, Green. Um, Grand Theft Auto came out in 2015 or 2014. And the, the year it came out was obviously its best-selling year. Its second best-selling year was 2020. Seven years. It Isn't came out in 2013. Seven years. I wonder if that was just a resurgence from like streamers doing RP. Probably. I really think so. Probably a big update. That might have been like a new console generation a big like update to the game and then like a bunch of streamers hopping into some RP. Isn't yeah. that insane? Insane. So I so they've definitely made their money back a couple uh, of two, Billy. <laughs> 238 million copies of Minecraft. That's insane. A quarter of a billion copies sold. A quarter of a billion copies. That's wild. Now, granted, it's thirty bucks a pop. I mean, yeah, you're talking still six, six, seven billion, fucking notch. That's why notch is <laughs> is uh, like paying for people's lawsuits, like random YouTubers' lawsuits. <laughs> yeah, and shit. yeah. Because my man, bro, a quarter of a billion copies sold. I wonder oh. how many people worked on like at Mojang. How many people? How many? How okay? Many? Can you spell many for me? Because I apparently my fingers can't. People <laughs> -E work on Minecraft. Um, okay, as of twenty twenty one, it employs six hundred people. But that's wild. That's, but that but this came out in nine years before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm, uh, yeah, I don't know how many people should be working on Minecraft. Okay, well, Google, you're failing me. Oh my God! Speaking of, uh, it's a total random thought about Google failing me. <laughs> um, One peg tweeted something recently having to do with like uh, whatever, like the Bing AI, Google oh, AI, okay. yeah, whatever yeah, the yeah. fuck. And he was like, "This is what uh, it says about me." Um, it, it, he like you know Googled his name and yeah. his new AI, and I'm like, mm. so I, I uh, 
I did it for me. And one of the things it said was um, that I'm a software engineer actively working on Escape from Tarkov. And I also worked on Starfield. It's like, oh, yikes. Oh, God. AI ain't taken over yet, boys. <laughs> yeah, not, we're not quite, we're not quite there yet. We're, uh, we're not there yet. That's crazy. Uh, <sighs> Star Citizen will probably be the first game to uh, make a billion dollars before there's ever a game. <laughs> oh, my God. In early access. <laughs> One billion before beta. <laughs> How much are some of those, like, the big, big, big ships? Like, whenever they have, like, the free weekend or whatever, and I yeah. go in and I just, like, look at the big ships that, like... Yeah. I mean, in... So the coolest fucking vehicles of any video game I've seen, yeah. honestly. But aren't they like thousands of dollars? Yeah, there's there's a there's a few that are like three or four or five thousand dollars for the one ship. And oh God, uh that's so wild. Dude, you know what's funny about that though? It's like there's a full blown economy and like gray market about that. I read an article like five years ago. Five years ago where a guy's like how I paid off my student loans and bought a car playing the star citizen gray market. <laughs> like it's insane because like they do it like those $5,000 ships that they sell only at specific times in the year when they do those free fly weekends, they only sell a certain amount of them like 20. So they sell out in a femtosecond. And then most of the time, half of those guys just sell them on the gray market. So is it like, is it like the, the new Corvettes cost like $60,000 more than sticker price because yeah. there's just more people that, yeah. Uh, it's crazy. And then, um, and then like, so you can, there's, it's called like the Legatus pack. I think if you've spent a certain amount of money on the game, you unlock the ability to buy like a $10,000 package that includes like almost every single ship in the game that they've ever released, which most of those ships that have been for sale have not been released into the game. <laughs> it's dude. Listen, it's, just you don't you don't think too much about it. but they've they've raised almost 700 million dollars total and it's like do we know how many people are are working on that oh yeah wait didn't they like did, 8 or I, 900 oh my god i now i i so vaguely recall like a year ago us talking about how like a bunch of their developers are working on some other terrible project that like no one gives a fuck about yes <laughs> so squadron 42 which is the right. the single player the single player game that basically when you beat it it's like it releases you into the <clears throat> the MMO like you don't but you don't but then they were like you don't have to so you can buy the MMO or you can buy Squadron 42 or you can buy both and um and like something like 80% 80 to 90% of all the developers that are working on Star Citizen are working on Squadron 42. And that's not playable. Nobody's seen anything about it in like years. It's like, it's a meme. And it's like, so yeah. So the game that everyone's playing is like on life support as far as like the amount of people developing it. I'm sure some Star Citizen fanboy and some Star Citizen hater are both going to tell me how wrong I am about these details in the comments. But um, yeah, so that's, that's what's, that's what's going on over there. But um. Yeah, they've they've literally made over like almost seven hundred million dollar dues. But uh yeah, 
Yikes. Yeah, yeah according yikes. to the website, as a new customer, the most expensive pack I can get is $1,100. Yes. The more you spend, the more they allow you to spend. You can't buy the $10,000 pack until you've spent like $1,000. <laughs> it's like, it's wild, dude. It's wild. But uh, I still play it and I still love it and I still hate it at the same time. Kind of like Tarkov. Um, so there really isn't a whole lot going on in the Tarkov world again. Uh, we are just, I'm excited for TwitchCon moseying along. The big thing is, however, yes, I don't know. I don't think we talked about this last time. I don't know if they had announced it, but Battle State Games is officially coming to TwitchCon to show off the arena. So it's, uh, so it's been like, uh, confirmed a few things like, it's not just private sessions. Like anybody that's at TwitchCon will be able to walk up to the booth and play arena. I'm sure a line will form and I'm sure, you know, some of you will, will get turned away if there's too many people, but it's like, it, this isn't like a private thing where only streamers or only content creators, like you will be able to walk up to the booth and play arena. And so now the question is, can I, will I be able to walk up to the booth and cut the line because I have a streamer item, and the answer yes. is no. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is absolutely no, because I don't play Tarkov anymore. You don't play. I'm actually like mentally prepared for the whole like, oh, you just you're just like I'm oh. like I'm being an opportunist by like wanting to. Yeah, the game you devoted so much of your life to is having a major <laughs> update. And be like, oh, just just trying to cloud chase the drama in Tarkov. Yeah, I, I'm 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 like genuinely just excited to meet some of the devs. Oh, like, for sure, very excited. Like, like, like as much as I criticize Nikita and criticize the, the the development of the game, like at the end of the day, it's all human beings, and, yep. um, and we wouldn't have I'm anything sure to criticize all... without these guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we obviously love this so, game, and uh, yeah. even if we don't always love it, you know what I mean. So, very excited. Very... I'm interested to see. Like, I want to know like how tall Nikita is. <laughs> I feel like he's either five foot two or six foot eight. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, dude. And Nikita's, he's probably just going to be like. He's been looking feet. good, man. His his haircuts. I saw all those all the videos of him at like Gamescom and stuff. Like he's a fly looking dude, bro. He's. I think he. Uh, okay, well, you simping for Nikita? I now, am, huh? bro. Yeah, I'm a Tarkov. He, look, he looks like he looks like he's been getting healthy. Uh, yeah, bro. Yeah. So. Uh, very excited for that. Very excited to uh, meet the devs. Very excited to play Arena. So the other interesting thing in that was like they put out like a statement saying that <laughs> um, they're coming to TwitchCon. Dude. So it's October 5th, okay? And they said all visitors will have the opportunity to try to escape from Tarkov Arena before the start of the closed beta test in the fourth corner of 2023. So it's still so like interesting things there, like they're they calling it a closed beta test gives me a little bit of hope that they're going to release it before a wipe as opposed to alongside a wipe because I just mm. really want them to not release it alongside a wipe. Um, and and the other thing was just like if there was any if there was any uh, potential for it to have to get pushed. I feel like they wouldn't have doubled down on the like Q4 2023. You know what I mean? So still feels like they're ripping it. I'm coping so hard that it's like a few weeks after arena after TwitchCon. You know what I mean? Maybe like late October, early November. They release it. 
we get to beta test it for a few weeks or a month or two, and then the next wipe happens, and it would just be perfect. But we'll see. I have like genuinely no idea how I'll feel playing it. Like if it's yeah. good, if it's bad, I I have no. Yeah, it, I've been away for so long, dude. It's like, dude, I want it to be good so bad. Oh, just like, I think it'll be good. Like, all it really has to do to be like worth playing to me is like make it quick to get into another match. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, because the nature of it is that you're not, like, losing the gear in your stash. There is a currency to it, but 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 you'll always... I don't think you'll ever be going into Arena with nothing but a hatchet. Maybe, but... <clears throat> so it feels almost like the Dark and Darker where even if you're down bad in Arena, there's always a kit to have. Yeah. And the audio might be scuffed, the netco might be scuffed, but... Those things hurt because of how much of our time it eats to get back into another raid and because of how much our actual like economy it ate. Now, I will be now here here. I'm not defending if the audio is scuffed and the net code is scuffed, I will be depressed. Like I will be really sad. But I think I'm saying it'll it will still be fun to play as long as I can just get into another match quick. If it's like one minute and I'm in another match, then It'll probably just be like a super easy turn your brain off and have fun. You it's gonna I mean? be it's gonna be like thirty bucks or something, right? Yeah, I think like it's if thirty bucks standalone. Yeah. Um, I was just gonna say like if people play Tarkov, like the new advice that I'm gonna have for anybody who's like I'm I'm getting into Tarkov, like what advice you have? I would say <laughs> just play Arena. Yeah. Honestly, like because that's going to be better, most likely. Yeah. Um, than going in and playing Factory. Like, yeah. the reason why my advice was, you know, play Factory, do this, yeah. is because it was basically as close as you could get to That's so true. It's be. hard because I don't want to tell people that, like, if they're thinking about getting into Tarkov to buy EOD. But if you like Tarkov, EOD just has a crazy value proposition now. Because if you enjoy Tarkov, you get the biggest stash, you get the biggest container, you get the trader rep, you get the extra stuff, and you get the $30 game. But that's so true. Think about how different your first raid would have been if you had five hours of time in Arena. Like, just understanding well, you know how the movement works, how the gunplay works, how the healing system works, even just on a cursory level. Think about how much different your first year raids would have gone. Do you know what I mean? Let me pose something to you, though. Pose me. Think about how different that experience would have been with the lady in the swamp if I had seen it already and experienced it already. Yeah. I feel like that's true. I guess that's a good point. I feel like the what the petrified when I fear about, <laughs> what yeah, when I think about the 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 formative Tarkov days, right? The old days. Now a lot of it was me being totally green, you know, totally new to the game, but yeah. also Tarkov the game itself being different. But Yeah. We, we're not going to change the second part, you know, but we can potentially have an effect on yeah. people's initial experience with the game. True. Um, and there's something, ab I almost feel like that, what made Tarkov special 
would potentially be lost. Uh, I don't know. I, I could be wrong. I might just be I, I, there's nostalgia. There's definitely you know, something whatever. there, which which almost reminds me of like as opposed to telling people to rock arena. Upon release, Nikita recently talked about like the map that's only for level one to fifteen players. That'll kind of be like a bridge the gap, best of both worlds. You'll be in there with other players. Everything will be as meaningful, but it'll be a place where you're not going to get, you know, giga stuff. You know, me, Velian, and Blazed just like we're playing yesterday, trioing, because like at this point in the wipe, we're just like hanging out. You know what I mean? It's like imagine somebody starts yesterday and you see the three of us running around the corner. You know what I mean? So it's like that almost be kind of that middle ground where there's like a place to explore yeah, and accept that. what Tarkov is without that because you're right. Well, you didn't have that back in the day. Even when I started, which was way after you, I didn't really have that. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, thinking back to my my first days of playing, I mean, you could probably check this by watching my OG videos. Um, but, like, running, running into a three-man that had optics never happened for a, at least a yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Like, like literally, yeah. it, it just never happened. It was almost always people playing solos, sometimes duos, and the best they'd have was a an AK-74 with a rubber pad and a PSO. So even when you're in woods, yeah. when you're in customs, it's just a different game. Yeah. You know, like, I, I was never getting just one-tapped from somewhere where For I sure. never saw. For sure. It was... It was those like, sure. oh my god, I get scared, jump scared by scavs hanging out over by <laughs> yeah. like the 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 garages and customs or you know, yeah. um, yeah, I don't know, like Tarkov, yeah. It's no, sad. I did, I know. Tower sent me a clip of a fight that he got into on Shoreline, and I think point eight or point seven, and it like was hilarious and also made me depressed. Like, the amount of things I saw, like, Tower probably got shot 11 times during that fight. And because he didn't have a cam, Tower stands up from a prone and has full stamina to, like, run and, like, try and, like, flank this dude. The The firefight lasted, like, a full minute. I mean, they were both potatoing, but it was just, like, I was, like, oh, man. It was crazy. It was and you crazy. Don't, and you just don't get that when you've got meta gear. And people oh, yeah. who have 10,000 raids. Now, again, that's not to say that, that no. those things shouldn't exist or whatever, but... Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's it's just like, I can't help but feel like Arena is going to potentially remove just another little chunk of the heart and soul <laughs> of Tarkov. Yeah. What, what little I feel like remains. Um, yeah, but I'm not a new player today for sure. So I can't know if, you know, if I could, you know, the, um, yeah. the men in black, but you, you know, the fucking yes. little thing yeah, yeah, yeah. wipes my brain and I play Tarkov today. I, I don't know if my experience would be remotely close. Something tells me it wouldn't be. Yeah. That's the um, thing is that like, we can't say what it's like for a new player today because we're not a new player today. We can comment on some of the things we didn't have. Like you said, a month into the wipe, you know, four weeks into a wipe, you didn't have, you know, five mans of people with like, you know, voodoos on their guns. You didn't have that. You definitely have that now, but that doesn't inherently mean that the new player experience is, you know, 
completely different, but all we can do is talk about what our new player experience was like and then comment on how some of the things have changed now. I mean, yeah, this wipe was, uh, this wipe surprised me. So like I told you before, like last wipe was far and away the, the wipe I made the most money. I had never had 100 million rubles in Tarkov before. Last wipe was the longest wipe ever, but last wipe I made 100 million rubles, bought like three thick items cases, worked my way back to 100 million rubles. Irish Asian wiped my account. I literally deleted everything in my stash except for my hatchet. And by the end of the wipe, I had 120 million rubles. So like last wipe was the wipe I made the most money ever. And this wipe, I was surprised at how fast I was making money. Like, one month into the wipe, I had 50 million rubles. It was crazy. I, I I didn't even, I was like, what the hell? I was like, where's this money coming from? And so, so like there definitely are differences, right? Like my first wipe, I played the game. I never had 1 million rubles at any point in the wipe. I never had 1 million rubles. That was 0.9, but like it was crazy. So, and, and, and when I started, there was nothing to spend it on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it's like irrelevant. five guns. You know what I mean? Yeah. So once again, and I'm not saying we're, I, I'm not talking about this. Like it was better back in my day. Like the game is a lot better now. And you know, a lot of people say a lot worse or whatever. It's like, it's, it just is. I'm not saying anything other than it just is. And it was just interesting to see tower, uh, in that fight tower had a full, a folded suppressed DVL with a voodoo on it in his epsilon container. <laughs> And he was running around with a pistol. I was like, oh, dude, it's so funny, bro. Oh, it's so funny. Um, so, yeah, it's like I I, I can't speak to what it's like to be a new player now because right now I have 7,000 hours in the game. So it's like it's, it is what it is. I'd be interested to hear. Oh, oh but, but this came from like I think it'll be cool to have a place where only level 15 and below can be because this game incentivizes you so much to progress and to like have the money and have the thing you know what i mean like because it's such a driven game based on like level and quest and i want to get strength elite strength and elite endurance that i don't think i mean i'm sure people are going to smurf you know whatever or create new accounts but it's like i don't know how bad it's going to be um I, I i think i mean smurfing costs a lot of money in a game like tarkov yes but what i what i think is going to be far more common than smurfing is going to be the, the cheater that just made a new account that just yeah. got banned but by level 17 they're now just going to do more you know whatever and they're so that, yeah. that could be the only uh interesting thing there is will be because it's only going to be one location and i'll be interested i don't think <clears throat> that that one location for people only below level 15 will have like lead x's like all over the place and bitcoin you know what i mean so like even if you're yeah, a true, cheater true. and you created a new account you're probably going labs or streets as, as a level one you yeah, know what true. i mean so it's we'll see <laughs> we'll see but it, it could be a really cool place to for new players to be to get the experience of tarkov without some of the just slam dunking that happens now um <clears throat> um another interesting conversation to bring up but before we do i want to take a second and thank the sponsor for today's episode, and that is Factor Meals. With busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. It can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, or dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. We've worked with Factor for a while. It's great. Ready-to-eat being the keywords there. 
It's super nice being able to just heat something up and have it be ready to go. A full meal. I don't have to make something, spend 30 minutes off stream. I don't have to figure out what I have. I just end up eating seven day old pizza or hot pockets when I'm left to my own devices. So it's super nice to have like a meal, a proper meal. Yeah, I, I can skip the ramen and spaghettios and, <laughs> and and in in exactly the same amount of time and literally two minutes yeah. can have the fucking, what was it? The Apple Dijon oh, yeah. pork chops. Bruh. I, and I haven't Bruh. had pork chops in forever, man. That, <laughs> yeah. Oof. That's the thing. It's like there's so much food that you don't, you just get into like a rhythm of like the stuff we like to make. You know, we like to make tacos or we like to make pizza or whatever. And then, yeah, with this, you're like, pork chops hell yeah like i'm not gonna go buy pork chops i don't know how to make pork chops but here they are and they're delicious and it's variety uh yeah it's great so there's 35 plus weekly meals so you never feel like you're pigeonholed into just a few things and once again they they do uh they'll like go with like the season so this fall they have some limited time things like the apple dijon pork chops cranberry pecan chicken oh my god all sorts of stuff ready in just two minutes um, and then once again, the convenience factor of being able to like kind of get whatever you want. Do you want more protein heavy meals? Do you want more keto friendly meals? You can, uh, there's all sorts of meals that are 550 calories or less per serving. Bro, they got breakfast, whatever stuff? you want. Yes, dude. The, oh my God. Apple cinnamon pancakes. Okay. I'm okay. Well, <laughs> okay. now I know what okay. I'm, what I'm ordering next time is yeah. breakfast stuff. I'm a sim for breakfast food. That's another Dude, cheddar egg bites, potato, bacon, egg, and bacon, egg breakfast skillet. Come on. Um, so that's another thing to the convenience, too, is that it can be whatever meal is the easiest, like the meal, like lunch. It Lunch is the meal for me where I have the most trouble because I'm streaming. I'll, yep. I'll make dinner. So it's like whatever meal, if it's breakfast before you go to work, boom, you can do breakfast items. If it's dinner, boom. So so it's awesome. Um, factor's great. Um so you can head to factormeals.com slash podcast50 and use code podcast50 to get 50% off. That is code podcast50 at factormeals.com slash podcast50 to get 50% off. Thank you so much, Factor, for sponsoring this episode. Mm. Apple Dijon. I want fucking pancakes. Pancakes. Mm. Um... So the other, the other like Tarkov related thing, and this is, this, this is nothing but to all you viewers out there, just a friendly discussion. Okay. There's been Tarkov Twitter is a dumpster fire recently and I'm not, I'm not calling anybody out, but I don't want this to be a, I, it's interesting topics that we pull out of the dumpster fire sometimes. And, um, cause, cause generally so, sometimes there are interesting things to talk about. So, so this is just, this is just a conversation. Um, but something that has been talked about a lot, uh, not just recently, some people talk about it a, a lot frequently, and that's okay. Like, um, it's like the found, found and raid system. And uh, just like for some reason, the past like week, there was just like a convergence of a lot of people discussing some legitimate, like really actual civil discussion, some other discussion um, about like the system and stuff like that. And so... I, I, I was scrolling and I, I came across this in my feed yeah. was scrolling and all of a sudden I saw my 
diagram yeah, oh, that I had made. Oh, posted it, I think, yeah. And, and he didn't tag me in it. Yeah. So I was just scrolling, and all of a sudden I was like, hey, that's my thing. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's how I know about the conversation. Yeah. So it's interesting. I wanted to, I, I figured this would be a good conversation because, A, um, I have lots of thoughts, and this is my podcast, so I can talk about it. <laughs> B, you don't play Tarkov much recently, so you don't have like a a side, right? Like skin in the game where you're like, whatever. And the other reason why I thought this would be an interesting conversation is because we have both frequently criticized this system. You know what I mean? Like it, like the, the found and raid system is scuffed. I've said that for a long time. You've said that for a long time. You made the diagram, um, which was incredible. <clears throat> but, <clears throat> um, but here's the context though is uh two th the best i can tell from reading a lot of the stuff the two uh reasons this is being brought up because cuz there's the system is scuffed which is we've talked about a lot but the reason it's being brought up as we should remove the found and raid system has been through two two lenses that i think overlap a lot of the time but the be the best i can tell from reading a lot of this this stuff was one uh a group of people want to make PVP in Tarkov more um, profitable uh, because it, you know, you can't make a whole lot of money PVPing, and you can make a whole lot of money doing something else. You know what I mean? So it's like let's make PVP more profitable. If we could sell gear on the flea market, you know, then that much more incentivizes you to like take out player gear as opposed to just ditching it for, you know, trinkets and items. And then the other reason is there i think there's some people out there that think that found and raid i don't want to put words in anybody's mouth and once again i'm not <clears throat> oh yeah this is the beautiful system actually yeah before we let's dude let's go through this for the audio listeners what is found and raid all right <clears throat> from a trader well, what from a trader? Was it a quest reward? Yes, it's found in raid. Is it purchased from a trader? No, it's not found in raid. Is it insurance return from a trader? No, it's not found in raid. Is it a starting item? Not found in raid. Bought off the flea? Not found in raid. Twitch drop? Not found in raid. Did you find it in raid? Hold on, let me see. Did you find it in raid? If so, from a PMC? Not found in raid. <laughs> did you extract with the item? Uh, did you survive? Did you get 200 XP? Or did you spend seven or more minutes in the raid? Yeah, that was the run through. Now, keep in mind, this is like if so, three years old. Yeah, so I don't know how many of these things. If have so, it's found in raid. If any of those things don't happen, i.e., you found an item in raid but didn't survive, it's not found in raid. You found an item in raid and survived but didn't get 200 XP or didn't seven minutes. Now you have a run through. It's it's not found in raid. And if you brought the item into the raid, it's not found in raid. It yeah, is so found in raid there's... if it's crafted in the hideout. <laughs> yeah, there's there's three there's three arrows pointing. So, so, okay, one, two, three, four, yeah. five, six, seven. There's like nine arrows pointing to not found in raid. Yeah. And there's three arrows pointing to found in raid. Yeah. Two, one of the things that you can found in raid, you got as a quest reward. <laughs> Another that you found in raid <laughs> was crafted. And then the other, the remaining thing found in raid is a subset of a subset of a subset of a subset of a subset of, a subset of items you actually found in raid. <laughs> Gotta love it, dude. Yeah. So that's the diagram. Um, so, uh, so what I was saying was the two contexts that this kind of was, was bringing up of like the conversation of, should we remove the found and right system was one, can we make PVP more profitable? And two, 
I don't want to put words in people's mouth and I don't want to misrepresent people's opinions, but I think some people think it's made RMT worse um, and made therefore made cheating worse kind of through the lens of like because the game is more confusing and arbitrary and hard to then like acquire good gear because of all like like we said how kind of like weird the, the economy and the system is that more people resort to just paying for gear as opposed to engaging with that system, which ends up uh, kind of pseudo driving cheating as opposed to pulling it down. I, I think that's the thought process there. Um, so it's it's an interesting conversation for sure. Uh, uh, my kind of thoughts on it is that it's just like, my overall 10,000 foot view thoughts on it is just that like Tarkov is almost too far gone for me to think that just doing a thing would have that big of an effect on a bunch of things like found and rate system was added. And then on top of that, we had a bunch of other things like the economy was tuned in a way that so that found and raid was was there the additional RMT restrictions on what can be traded and what can't be traded. Um, and so my my concern there would be like, if we just deleted the found and raid mechanic, you can sell everything on the flea now, that so many other things adjacent to it would just like crumble. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, like... But that doesn't mean I think the system is good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like they, they, there's a million ways that you know we've talked about. I've proposed, other people have proposed that are like solutions to this problem. Yeah. Like, if 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 I had the magic wand right now, now granted, <laughs> I haven't thought about this a lot recently. So yeah. you know, tell me if you think of anything off the cuff. But yeah, if you actually restricted what you could buy and sell properly on the flea market, like you know, ammo yeah, guns, yeah. like you know, the civilian flea, that kind yeah. of whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And then just made everything, everything you get in raid, you can turn in uh, for quests. Yeah. And then if quests, if the items you needed for quests <laughs> were, um, you know, I, I guess it kind of depends on the kind of quest. But yeah. like, if if the items that you needed to turn in for quests weren't items that would tri would make trivial to do the quest if you could just get them off of players yeah. or you know exploit from your friends um then i feel like they could just they could get rid of so many yeah band-aids that they have yeah uh if they actually designed other systems right yeah so if we're like so coming from this the side of um like make sure you know make pvp man there's so much to talk about here holy cow i don't even i don't even know where to go I just going to start here like it coming from the side of people saying I want, you know, PVP to be more rewarding. I completely agree with that sentiment. Now, there's a few ways to do it. Like, I think a lot of people would disagree with me, but like, so the balance is very skewed and I think that's a bad thing. The balance is so I, I've, I've talked about this before is so much more skewed to just like ignore everything and pick up little trinkets, moonshines, bitcoins, GP coins, gold skulls. Like, like these things are, 
You know what I mean? It's on, and you can fit all this stuff. You can get a do get yourself a docs case and a sick case in an alpha container and a few 20,000 ruble keys. And you can shove intels in your butt, gold skull rings, GP coins, pro kills, uh, diaries, slim diaries, bitcoins, all this, Veritas picks, all these just get hoovered up and they, uh, they are separate from the found and rate system because the trader price for them is so much. It's, uh, I mean, it's just like, it is truly unreal. So I definitely agree with the sentiment of the people who are like, yo, this balance is way off track. And if PVP was more rewarding, then maybe people would engage in it more because it would be a viable alternative to just running around. And I completely agree with that. Now, my whole thing with the economy is like, I would I would probably smush this other side down and a lot and then raise this up a little bit. Does that make sense? Like, I just hate how easy it is to just like make oodles and oodles and oodles of money. People are going to get mad yeah, at me for saying should, that. Money shouldn't be as important also. Like That's, it really yeah, shouldn't be. Yeah. But but I don't even I don't even want to get in the weeds. I would actually just straight up right now accept as as a temporary solution. And this is something I think Glorious and Landmark and a few other people have said, like in, instead of removing the found and raid system and like, you know, what all could come of that is like you could just raise the purchase price from the traders for those things. If I find a Bitcoin, I sell for four hundred thousand rubles. Right. If I take somebody's, you know, Gen 4 assault out which is four by three and it's busted that sells for like 50,000 rubles. So like the ruble per slot value, but if you were going to buy a gen four assault, the value from the trader is hundreds of thousands of rubles. So it's like a heavier item. So yeah, there's weight involved as far as like the, your strength and in your endurance level, there's how much space you can take out and there's no value back to the trader. Wait, so what's the what's the ultimate goal of this again? Let me try to understand. What do you mean? So the idea would be to just increase how much the traders buy gear for, not to 100% of their value from, from players. Yeah, from players. So if I kill you oh, and I took so your gen you 4 wanna... out, I could sell it to therapist for maybe 200,000 rubles or to ragman as opposed to selling it for like 70,000 rubles. So you want to promote people selling to traders rather than selling on the flea market. <laughs> yes. And the problem well, that, that is that was the idea that, that we're like fleshing out one of the ideas that was made by people on Twitter. So, but if you can get more for it on the, if you could, well, you can't really sell anything, any gear on the flea right now, like those armors and stuff like that. There's not a whole lot of armors or guns you can sell on the flea. So, okay. So it's not about, I, I might be being like obtuse. I guess I'm just trying to figure out what what problem are you trying to solve? Too much money? Too much metagear? Like what exactly oh, are we trying? We're trying to... to solve the only way. The only way to be profitable in the game is to loot and ignore PvP. I, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sorry. No, we talked there, about a lot like, of things like stuff, and we bounced yeah. around a lot. And there and there's so much I want to talk about. Yeah, and and, and Twitch chats talking about other yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, my brain. Yeah, no. But yeah, the, but, but coming. Yeah, coming from that lens of like the the only way to make money is to play one way, loot. loot yep. Just get a bunch of keys, loot everything. Then you can afford, some people just only play that way and some people then take that money and then go and you know maybe engage in PvP or maybe quest or whatever. But it's just the only way to to stay ahead, you know what I mean? And, and make money. 
And so to address that problem, it's not about, like I said, in this in this world, in this universe, it's not about, th and this is the thing, people really don't, people have a hard time saying this. Just because somebody else wants a cookie, that doesn't mean that they want to take your cookie, right? Well, I talk, I've been talking about this a lot on Mushroom recently. If there's only one way to do something and we want more than one way to do it, we're not saying your way should go away. So if we increase the trader prices that they bought gear from, you could still not PVP. You could still loot. You could still use your keys. It's just that these people wouldn't have to go loot to make money. They could just engage with the game the way they want to engage with the game and also have rewarded if you're good. It's arguably it's more skill, right? Because like if you increase those prices, the person has to just be good at PVP to like cash in on those prices, right? So I don't think I, uh, so I, I, I say that I, that I like that. I think that would be a good, it's a simple, the things I'm looking for are nowadays are like simple solutions, not like, you know, so that seems like a simple solution that would be beneficial. There's another way to look at this that I think is worth thinking about. And it's, it's the thing that battle state and nobody ever does in these conversations. And it's why, why it's the why. Yeah. Take one step back from where we are. We want PVP to be more lucrative. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to put myself in my shoes two years ago when I yeah. made videos talking all about this to remember why. I mean, you used to say this a lot. Well, because I never had any money. It, Even you never though, had money because you didn't want to loot. You didn't want to just buy the keys and do loot runs. You didn't want to do money runs. Yeah, but so a, a huge part of the problem there, though, mm -hmm. is because th th that I actually don't think that making just making some of the <laughs> like making that gear more expensive. Yeah. Um, I don't think that would necessarily solve. Part of it is because of just inflation because people can s print money by yeah. sell crafting bolts and selling yeah, 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 yeah. whatever, right? Um well then that's why a stim is 80,000 rubles that you that lasts you 60 seconds. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because people can only afford it because of that, which means that when you need it, you're you're just increasing you're increasing the costs of of yeah. everything in rate. Insurance it's you're just flushing money down the drain and half the time it's for nothing because you don't get your stuff back, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, or, or repairs are way too expensive, right? Yeah. So if you made insurance reasonable and you made repairs far more reasonable, um, then that, you know, it's there's two sides of an equation. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people want to bring up one side up here, whereas Sometimes it feels like the solution is to bring this side way down. Yeah, I mean, um, and that's exactly what I was talking about be, earlier. Because, well, think about if I kill a bunch of dudes, right, and then yeah. I take out their slick armor and I take out like their really nice meta gun. Well, I'm going to use those. I'm not going to sell them. Yeah, because if I sell if I sell the armor, I get money, and then I go to buy, and because the prices are so much more from traders, then yeah. it's like not worth it. Like it, it's it, it it's. It only makes sense for me to sell the slick and then go in naked because otherwise I'm going to sell the slick 
and then buy something half yeah. as good for 90% of the price. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I get that. I get that. I I still think that it like once again, uh, I think it would help with all uh, that makes sense. I think there's a lot of things, especially when you talk about like weapons and attachments and stuff like that, where I I'm not a huge fan of the 308 MDR, but a lot of people are. Well, now maybe there's a reason to take that gun out because that gun can sell for a decent amount. Armor, I think you're right, where there are so few really good armors that if you took out a really good armor, you probably don't want to sell that really good armor because you want to use that really good armor. But I think like attachments and guns and weapons and rigs like and stuff like that and backpacks, those being more would actually you would actually potentially bring those out for but the value of them. Those are the things I'm selling stuff to buy. I want to be able to buy a voodoo every raid. Yeah. And I have money for it because of so if i loot a bunch of voodoos i'm not going to sell them for money because i'll just be flushing money down the drain i know but there's a lot more scopes in the game that you don't loot because they're you don't want them and they don't sell for anything there's a lot of items in the game and there's not a lot of meta items in the game and so the only reason to take out so like making pso's more expensive you think like yeah I mean, maybe, yeah, I don't know. I think it, it just once again, this this solution isn't it would fix the economy. This solution is the economy is so scuffed and so skewed towards just like run around with thirty thousand ruble keys and loot trinkets until you're a trillionaire that I do think that increasing the price of weapon attachments, weapons, especially, because you kill so many scavs. Like, imagine killing a scav, and he's got a busted-up foul, but you're like, yo, foul sell for, you know, 180K. It it make, it would make you, like, the looting, this time you would spend looting would be corpses. Your, you know what I mean, the things you killed, things other people killed, and there's a world where, once again, I don't think anyone thinks the solution fixes Tarkov. I think the conversation here is, is this a better solution to make PvP more profitable than removing Fountain Raid? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't I don't disagree that. Yeah, it, it's just. You just have to think about the way economies work. And yeah. when you if you make PVP more profitable, more people have more money, which then means the price of things. Yeah. Tends to go up. So, yeah, it might it might all come out in the wash. If if the price of two stims doubles, yeah. then you making the slick armor three times as much, I, I, I'm I'm now making less money in PvP than yeah. I was before. I see what There's you're saying. There's a world in which that happens, and ultimately, like, you have to draw lines, see the supply and demand and the price to be able to figure out if it's, if you end up um, coming out on top or not yeah. after those changes. And I'm not saying you're wrong. No, no nobody, yeah. nobody would knows. know until you would do it and see how it affected things. Yeah. Like if suddenly you made dog tags worth a million rubles. Yeah. A lot of people would say, oh, okay. Every dog tags worth a million. Boom. PVP is not profitable. Well, it's like, no, because then, <laughs> you know, Zagustin's mm. would be 2 million rubles. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it just, it isn't that easy. But the, yeah. Um, the thing is though, is that, so a few things to that. One, I don't think 
many more people would have that many more rubles. I think the people that PVP would just spend more time PVP and less time looting to get their rubles. You know what I mean? Like they go on money runs to afford their PVP runs. They could just do PVP runs. They might end up with the same amount of cash on hand, but they can just spend their time doing what they enjoy. And secondly, the other thing to that is when you're talking about the inflation, you're not, not you, but like the assumption there is that everything is inflatable. But like it's only flea market things that are only flea market things that are inflatable. And that's I don't know how dynamic the trader prices are. But I yeah. don't think they're dynamic right now. I don't think they've they toyed are with either. that in the past, but I don't think they are. That's really just stims like 60 percent of the ammos people want aren't purchasable on the flea. 70 percent of the armors people want aren't purchasable on the flea. Almost none of the guns people want are purchasable on the flea. Very few of the high tier attachments. Actually, a lot of the attachments are. So the attachments would get inflated. But the attachments, you know, weirdly, the good attachments would only get inflated for the lower tier players because you can buy all the attachments at max traders. So, so, but, but for the sake of argument, then if PVP was more profitable, I do think I'd make more money because most of the things I'm buying. Most of the armors, most of the guns, most of the attachments, I just buy from level four traders, and those prices don't change. Yeah, but but you, but I do, nobody, but it would inflate nobody, the, of the economy for other people. Yeah, nobody says or thinks Jesse Kazam should make more money in Tarkov, though. No, <laughs> see, that's the thing is that like, once again, though, it's not about the ruble amount. It's about is there more than one way to get to that ruble amount? Nobody like Glorious does not want more rubles. Landmark doesn't want more rubles in their account. They just want to be able to make the rubles that they have this way. And the hope is that that would also potentially incentivize some of the people that are on the edge. You know, if you've got Chad and Rat, the people that are in the middle, some of those people might be incentivized to up their chops in PvP because. They feel like that they can do that and they lose a few raids, they win a few raids and they're still maintaining ruble or maybe making some ruble as opposed to I have a bad night and now I have no money. So those are the two things. It's not that I want more ruble. It's right now there's one way to make ruble. And if there was more than one way, like then I, I wouldn't have to spend my time doing this other way. And hopefully some of the people would start pursuing that way. Like I said, I'm definitely not arguing that this is like the fix. You're totally yeah. right about the economy. And it would, and it, <clears throat> and this is why Tarkov is so complicated because it would feel gross if I was like, oh, how much is a mule? 600,000 rubles? It's like, yeah, I can buy my attachments, but if a mule was 600,000 rubles, that would be super annoying. And there could be unintended side effects. Um, there could be unintended side effects where, like, you know, where it continues the the pull apart of the chads and, and the rats. The people in the middle might be incentivized to go PvP, but like the guy who, you know, wants to keep an ETG in his sick case and it's now a million rubles, he's like, he might get more frustrated. But I think that the, but, but you're, but we wouldn't be able to see those things until it was in the game and it was disseminated out. But from a 10,000 foot view, it was, you know, the, the conversation started with like, we should just remove found and raid so that we can sell gear on the flea and make PvP more profitable. And then other people were like, well, we can do that much more simply by just increasing the trader values or like what the traders buy things for. Yeah. And, and I guess like, <clears throat> sorry, 
the, the only reason why I'm like playing devil's advocate here is because these things are I, they, they just feel more complicated than most people say. And what we're yeah, talking about here is a game is a game that's covered in band aids, and people yes. are like, "This band aid's better than this band aid." And I'm just I'm I'm so fucking tired of hearing yeah, yeah, anything yeah, yeah, yeah. having to do with more band aids. Why I don't agree. they just design the game coherently? Now listen, and we don't need band aids. I- I couldn't you know, agree like, more. I couldn't agree more. I think I think this conversation came out of like it was like chop this arm off, and other people were like, well, what if we put this band aid on instead? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like th- that's going to be a, a better thing. But I I mean I couldn't agree more with that sentiment of like if the if the game just wasn't so riddled with band aids, then it wouldn't be as big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, and we've talked about the like nineteen step process. Yeah, that the game would need to go through where yes. you propose one thing and then you see, oh, these other things change. Okay, well then you need to fix some quests. All right, well then you need yeah. to need to fix the trader uh, stock. Yeah. Okay, well then you're also going to need to fix what things are available to buy and sell in the flea yes. market. You, oh, then you're also going to need yes. to change how many things, like what what things you can give to traders for quest item fulfillment. Which means you're also going to need to yeah. change. We have this to and- come to an agreement that. At this point, Tarkov is such a tangled mess that any good idea will almost always result in the entire game having to change. Any idea, and and people reject ideas because they're like, well, if you did that, you'd have to change this. But it's like, but there's no idea that doesn't end that way. You can't do anything in this game without being like, okay, well, how does that affect these things? What do we do? But that's just peeling back the onion. And I'm not saying that every idea is worth going all the way down that thing for, but you're absolutely right where it's just like, just because an idea then means other things may have to be affected, it doesn't immediately mean that's a bad idea because yeah. Tarkov is such a tangled mess at this point that, like, oh, just has to. And the, the last thing that comes to mind, too, is we can't treat the things on, the, on both sides of the equal sign as equal <clears throat> because you turn bolts into money and then money into gear and then gear into hopefully more money through whatever means. Yeah. But here's the thing. If gear, if the thing that you use to play the game yeah. is worth more money, well, then it almost incentivizes just always going naked because I don't want to... If this armor yeah, is worth yeah. more in rubles than it is in survivability, so I'm just going to sell everything... Yeah. And I'm gonna go in with like a mid-tier gun and no armor <laughs> yeah. because armor and helmets and what it's 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 swordens and no armor and a fucking an SVT Vepper and a Vepper with uh you know a, a dot on it. Yeah. And then now you kill people and no one has any armor. Yeah. That's and now you have no more, you know, yeah. so it's like that's just another thing to keep in mind is that I I really think that the 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 price of gear from traders should come way down. Like the the low and mid tier gear should be like next to nothing. I agree. You shouldn't have to pay seventy thousand rubles for the rat rig, for, dude. Yeah, for a, a tier three. You know, like it's yeah. just it's absurd, and that would incentivize more people bringing in gear. And when you bring in gear, you're incentivized <laughs> to fight because why bring in gear if you're just gonna fill your bag with bolts yeah and you're trying to avoid pvp and you're just going to sit in a bush 
So it's like people wouldn't feel so punished from investing in things because they're, you know, so it's like you change the investment. Yeah. Which is kind of what I was saying. If, if it's if it's costs much less to go into a raid, yeah. well, then you don't need to make as much money. And that actually doesn't affect that doesn't affect the how people are going to act in the same way necessarily in yeah. raids when you make my insurance cost next to nothing yeah. and repairing my armor next to nothing. Yeah. I don't know. I no, don't know. I'm all I, over the place. I can't make up. I can't even agree with myself. I'm not sure. But I but, but, but I don't think that that's an unreasonable place to be where like I do that all the time where I say a thing and before I can even let chat tell me what the hole in my idea was, I see it. And then I and, and, and it's just it's such a cluster. It's such a cluster. And you hit a really important nail on the head, which is like, you know what nobody talks about? What are we trying to do? Yeah, what's what, the goal what's here? Let's the take goal? A step back. What are we trying to incentivize? Because that's something that like and it's not about more money. Correct. The conversation is not about more money. No. It's about players What is the game? The gameplay loop. Can people engage with it and enjoy it? And that it that you should be able to extract camp. You should be able to loot run, but you should be able to PVP and quest and enjoy those things. And nobody really enjoys questing and nobody really enjoys PVP right now. So it's like, it's not about taking these away. It's about can people engage? Now you hit something, you said something that is made a lot of sense where it's like, okay, we're talking about the price of the rat rig, the class three rig or whatever. It's such a ping pong back and forth. Like they add what, what, what treasure items were in the game in 2017? It's like Bitcoin, a, the gold chain and the chainlet and Bitcoin. And now there's the pro and the, kill. And the, clo the clock. There's the pro kill. There's the golden skull ring. There's the GP coin. There's the Veritas guitar pick. There's all, dude, so many more super valuable things. You can find stims, 30 to 100,000 rubles per. There's 11 different stims that are super valuable. One slaughters. There's all the diaries. There's the intel now. There's all, dude, just such a tremendous amount of stuff. <laughs> the, the money run back in the day was hatchling into factory, yeah. run to the safe, loot yes. the safe, all, uh, and, and exit raid. And just, yeah, all to four, yeah. But the thing is, so going back to what you said, Instead of balancing those things so they're about as rare, but just now there's more variety, everything just got its own spawn. And so now, well, everybody has so much money and no, and, and the gear is cheap. So then they make the gear more expensive and they add more items and we make more money and they make the gear more expensive. And it's like, exactly. Like, how did we get here? Why is, and then you get this weird dichotomy where we talk about all the time. Tarkov is super easy to make money in unless it's not. If you're new, Tarkov is the farthest thing from easy to make, to make money in. And this this divide is an unnecessary one. <laughs> like if if people if there just wasn't so much gold everywhere, people would have less money, which means you could bring the prices down of the low tier gear and then that way you could freaking buy some a, a pack every once in a while and some class 3 rigs whether you know how to make money or not. That's a that was a whole diatribe just based on something that you said. Um <laughs> Going back to the other thing, and I think this is a very important topic, which is what do we think players will do and what will players actually do? And this is where you you talked about, you know, just like I'm not going to run anything. This is why, and I, and I, mess, I responded to somebody on Twitter about this because some, 
this is how the conversation has been going. Let's remove found and raid. The response to that is, if you remove found and raid, we're going to bring back the hatchling apocalypse. And then the response to that is, I don't care. Like, let's bring it. And so I actually respect that, like, if, if we think like that maybe somebody could think that bringing back hatchlings was a worthy trade-off over what we have now. Like, I don't think that's an outrageous thing, but as long as people are considering what players will do, because it's really easy to think, because here, here it is, right? If found and raid was gone, then uh, <clears throat> you could, you might find a Ledex. And instead of thinking, oh my God, I need to get out with this Ledex because I need to sell it on the flea and make money. You might think, I got my money. I got the Ledex. Let me go engage in some PvP. It's, ju it's just let. Oh, yeah. You, it's That makes sense, right? But is that what happens? No. People go, I'm going to go in with nothing. I'm going to run to room 301. I'm going to unlock it, shove everything on my butt, and disconnect from the raid. <laughs> now, I'm not saying nobody does that, but I'm saying... Yeah. I'm saying it's easy to think the players will do this. And what we've often seen is what I think the players will do. Players won't do. You know what I mean? And it was the same thing. Somebody was saying earlier, what if we close down the containers where you where you couldn't put anything in your container once you got into the raid? Right? Like you could bring whatever you want into your container, but you can't put anything in. I've actually proposed that before because I think that's a good idea. But when I really think about it, I think that would make people rat more. Not to mention the fact I, I just always instantly cringe from those ideas because <laughs> I just hate overcomplicating with arbitrary rules around like here are the things you can put in your case, here are the things you can't. Like, well, I, that's why I think that's a better idea. Right now, there are some things you can put in your container and some things that you can't put in your container. If the rule was just you can't put anything in your container once you're in a raid, at, at least that's clearer. And once again, I at one point thought that I'm not even yeah. I'm not even saying here's the thing. I'm not saying that idea is a bad or a good idea. What I'm saying is what I think would happen is that people wouldn't because because once again, the um the thought process there, this thought process makes sense, but I don't think it would be what would happen. The thought process is dude, imagine killing a guy with a red card on him or like he found a violet on woods and it's not up his butt and you killed him and it was whatever. But I just think that like yeah, and, if and you, the flip side, if you well, not even that, I think it you would die with the red. Card. Yeah, I just think it would be if you found if somebody found the violet, they are proning <laughs> in a bush until two minutes left in the raid and then they run out. You know what I mean? Like there, there's yeah. no. So. So and then which and which also makes all the other bullshit like cheaters and bugs and scavs yes. and whatever even more aids if you die to a cheater you, with a red card on yeah 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 and, and then like not to mention too that when hatchlings were a problem and it's not to say that like these things wouldn't cause hatchlings or they would hatchlings were a problem it, at a at a different part in the, it was 1892 <laughs> when hatchlings were an issue because there wasn't like the reason why they were hatchlings is because they thought they could squirrel their way to the spot, get in, grab the stuff and yeah. get out because there were less people playing. There were less spawns. <laughs> there was just like 
you came across people on average far less. Yeah. The number of fights per hour was drastically less than before. Yeah. Um. So, and then also, what we're talking about with hatchlings is if you change the value of something. Yeah. Making making it so that you know, it, let's say a, a hatchling is going to get a, a lead X, and they're going to sell it on the flea for a million rubles. Or they're going to sell, you know, or you could sell it to therapists for two hundred thousand. Or you could use it to craft a thing that was just then sellable yeah. on the flea market for yeah. whatever. When your costs are zero, a million rubles is great, and two hundred thousand rubles is still great. Yeah, there would like there's no you have to diminish the value of everything infinitely. Yeah, to the point where it fucks up everything, to try to solve the problems around people who try to make money without risk. Yeah. I, if there's no risk, then it doesn't matter. It's all profit. I do actually get what you're saying there and um, kind of agree where, like, there's, too, there's so many cheap guns that are just too good. And, dude, you know what's crazy? You might have just completely... You know what, dude? Don't... Don't say I won't change my mind. You may have completely changed my mind about hatchlings just now. Let me let so me let me decompress. Let me decompress this. Okay. I was full on team like if you remove found and raid, you're just bringing hatch the hatchling apocalypse back. Like you're just bringing it back. It's just everyone's going to be a hatchling. But it's impossible me, to serve a raid as a hatchling. Yeah, let me let me decompress this or get anything. what you just said, which was is true, which is that you didn't say this, but I'm going to say a lot of things that support what basically your idea, which is there are more treasure items in the game now, more treasure items in the game that are not locked behind high tier keys. So like you could go anywhere and find these things. There are more high tier treasure items in the game now that sell for almost identical to their flea market price. And there are more unbelievably cheap, unbelievably good weapons. So I actually think that if you removed Found and Raid, I don't think anybody, I, I don't think hatchet running would be worth it. I still think, yeah, you would bring a gun. Now, here's the thing, though. I do think we talked about this. He, let me know what you think about this. We talked about here's Chad and here's Rat, right? I do think what you do is you incentivize more of the players towards the middle to to bring less though, to bring like less less good gear and less like I, th I think the the player base skews more towards like I'm just like more people would just be rocking SVTs, more people would be going in with less because how it, can you have more than everyone except for the chads like like hatchlings you're just never gonna have like it, it there okay what uneventful said earlier i'd rather run into a hatchling than a naked dude with a mosin like yeah because at least when i kill the guy I, there's no chance of me dying yeah and at least i get the twenty thousand ruble dog tag yeah. Rather than dying to the dude, 
and and getting a mose that I'm not going to use won't sell for anything and a 20,000 ruble dog tag. And there's yeah, like a coin yeah, flip yeah. that I die to the guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, reason, yeah. The reason why hatchlings were a problem back in the day was because there were so few people playing. You would go into a factory raid and it would be yeah. four hatchlings and you. You and could, that would be every raid. You could not even just, I mean, you could go, you could play for a proper three or four hours on any map you want and some days not run into a guy with a gun. It was wild. Yeah, and I just don't, I, there's there's the number of people playing and the, the availability yeah. of things. I just don't see hatchlings ever coming back. No, I think that's a good point. I really think you convinced me on that point there. There's so many more treasure items. There's so many more stims, which not only give more things for the hatchling to like make money off of, but also give or, or all not the people to make money off of, but also give those people more of an advantage. Like the SJ6 and trim it all wasn't around back then when the hatchlings were trying to get into shoreline. You know what I mean? To get there before the state was just, did you get God spawn or not? Yes or no. That was the only question. So um, now here's the thing though, is that, so you have convinced me that, I don't think hatchlings are coming back. Actually, I really think you have. But the thing is, though, is the 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 way this conversation started is more like not or the way that this part of this conversation started is was going off of how do you incentivize engaging with the game? Like I would I would I, I don't think that. I think money runs is engaging with the game, but I don't necessarily think bringing in a hatchet and or just an SVT and nothing else and just like take five stims and then run through the map. I don't know. Like, I don't know that that's on the line for me where it's like you just have nothing. Like if, if you were doing money runs with a gear and shooting people that you came across, that's one thing. So it's like, well, money runs aren't a problem. Don't forget, the problem isn't people... No one has a problem with someone else doing a money run. I care that I have to if I want to make money. Yes. I yeah, have yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm fine. If everybody in the map is doing money runs, then it's going to be way easier for me to kill people and take their shit. Yeah, That's I guess the, what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Money running isn't the problem. Yeah. It's the fact that money running is the best, most efficient way to play the game. Yes. Yes, 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 which, yes, yes, yes. But that's kind of what that's what I was getting at, which is like, how do you here's the way I look at it. How do you incentivize people to climb the ladder? This is, I guess, the best way that uh, the best way for me to explain it is like. At level 10. Right, like really early in the wipe, you can get I, mean, I don't know if it's level 10, whatever level two proper is take day two of the wipe. You can get an SVT, a class three armor. And a class three helmet. How does the game incentivize you to climb the ladder? Because that that's the thing I have a hard time with is that it's just like the game only incentivizes you to have the best stuff or the cheapest stuff and nothing in between. And that's, I think, a big converse, a big part of the conversation. Nobody talks about when we talk about like nobody wants to PVP. Well, it's because like it's really hard to leapfrog that thing where I, you just have to be good at PvP to have fun at PvPing. And if you're not just good at PvP, you're just going to get stomped at PvPing, so you don't want to PvP. So, like, how do you get people to engage in the in-between? The only I don't incentive know. Is, is give people money printers. 
and then and then they're then money doesn't matter so they can just buy the inefficiently expensive shit yeah that's the only reason why anybody does yeah. the only reason why anybody is wearing slick and bringing in a, a modded out fucking yeah, like meta have a bunch it's because they've got millions yeah now the other the other thing to also keep in mind He's not is, saying that they should do that, chat. Do what? You're not saying that they should give everyone unlimited money. You're just saying like you're answering the question with. Oh a, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that. Yeah. The, this is what I said uh, in, in chat earlier. The the most fun, best time that Tarkov is Tarkov is the first two days after a wipe. Yeah. And it's because everybody is scrappy with level two. People are unironically wearing pacas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because yeah. they actually matter. So. Like. I'm yeah. I'm perfectly fine making all of that stuff infinitely more rare and make 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 a slick three times the durability it is now and make it class nine yeah. and make it so that there's one a week that you'll come across <laughs> yeah. ever. And then if when everybody's running jank ass guns yeah. with like mixed ammo and red dots and shit, everybody's alive. And having more fun for longer in raids. I agree. No, I agree. I think it's like you. Uh, that's a good point. Like, uh, what if you squished things towards the middle from both ends? If the best stuff in the game, dude, it's so funny. It's so funny. I went. I can tell when I'm about to say something that I know some of these people on Twitter would be like, "Dude, they get it. Thank Christ." And then I can tell when I'm about to say something where they'd be like, "This guy is so stupid. He doesn't want the guy." Dude, I can tell. It's funny if we if you like awareness is if rough, you clockwork huh? oranged anybody to watch this podcast, they would just like have so many. I don't know if they would think we are stupid or geniuses. Well, this is what happens when real people use their minds and they think about stuff and they're intellectually honest enough to change their minds and to go back and forth yeah. and to say we don't know. Yeah. It's crazy how you have interesting discussions. Yeah, I don't know. But what if we squeezed it from both ends, right? So what if your slicks and your mutants and like the best guns in the game and the best armors in the game and the best ammos in the game were less prevalent, like you said, harder to come by, maybe even better. Maybe even a slick is legitimately class nine armor and better, but you run into one so infrequently. So what if you compress it from that end and compress it from this end? Because I think this is important too. Like, in my opinion, the SVT is too powerful of a gun that you get too early to ever want to use anything in between the SVT and the best stuff. Because, the like, the value proposition of anything, like, the SVT you get at level 2 trader, nothing you get at level 3 proper has a better value proposition than the SVT. Nothing you get at level 4 proper is a better value proposition than what you get at the, from the SVT. It's only when you get to like level 4, 42 and unlock like max mechanic where you can buy like the suppressor for the MP7 and now you've got a dope MP7 or whatever. So what if we compressed it from that end too? And I know, and I know some of you are freaking out right now because you're like, if I don't have so many people think if I don't have my Vepper Hunter or my SVT, I'm never going to be able to kill Chads. But once again, the Chads aren't going to be What if in this equation, they're compressed as well where you have a Chad but he doesn't have a face shield and he has a class four armor, not a class six armor on. What if that was it? And, and then, what if they just designed the game <laughs> in a way that made sense on any fucking level? Like, like, like we've been saying for so long it's, and this is why I like, 
I, this is why when people say, what if we just do X? Yeah. And I'm like the devil's advocate going, well, you have to realize that yeah. there's so many more. And everybody's like, Veritas just needs to disagree with everybody and just be a naysayer. And it's yeah, like, yeah. no, I just for for five years, all I've heard is, well, what if we just do X or Nikita say, well, we're just going to do X. Yeah. And and I just see the problem never get solved. And it's because yeah. they never solve the problem. They just try to solve yes. symptoms with band-aids, yeah. not to look at the core of the thing and you know the yeah. core issues despite, and solve them intelligently. Despite what my YouTube comments say, I really do try to look at any solution I propose and how it would affect every player. <laughs> and so it's funny because like tell me if you think this is a crazy train of thought. I think in that world, now don't come at me with comments with like, well, what about this gun and this specific ammo? I don't know. We're talking generalizations here. In that world, I actually think the Chads have more fun too because they might not have access to their slicks and they might not have access to their BP or whatever. But once again, if the whole ladder works, if every rung of the ladder works, you're going to find people at every rung of the ladder. Right now, one of the biggest complaints from the Chad community is that they only fight people with SVTs. And so once again, it's it's a vicious cycle. We don't have to go through it again. But if the absolute Chad monster destroyers were much rarer at the low end and the absolute Chad monster gear was much rarer at the top end, then that means you would probably gear to what you thought your skill level was, which is what I think everybody wants, right? If you feel that you're mid-tier at the game, you're probably buying mid-tier gear and engaging in that way because if in, in a game where you actually felt that the mid-tier gear was better than the low-tier gear, you would want it if you felt like that was at your skill level. Because, because if you have mid-tier gear, if you are a 5 out of 10 skill level, but you have a 7 out of 10 gear... And someone else is the same skill level, but they've got four out of ten gear. Then you'll win more often. Yes. It's more based. Yes, and I truly don't think that that would completely remove the ability for new players or or rats or whatever to to take down people because you'll always be able. Once again, you'd be running into less slicks, less Altons, less this stuff. So you would have the opportunity to TT someone in the face, or Mosin somebody in the face, or ump someone in the face. You know what I mean? What is this? When was the last time you saw anything like this? Slow walking with a fucking grotch with Dude. a light with a flashlight in factory. Dude, those flashlights and though. Holy cow. Actually being like Yeah, imagine a flashlight being a flashlight. And this guy's running NVGs, a PACA. Yeah. And an AK seventy four N that's actually modded. And he he definitely had the highest chance of winning. Yeah. I, I just actually was able yeah. to outplay him. Yeah. Um once again, dude, oh man, I really feel like uh I really feel like I I'm into this idea cuz once again, it's it's one of those things where like the band-aid on top of the oh, old PKO6 RIP. Um Look at this fight. Look at this fight. Look at this fight. Come on now, dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss it. Oh. It's literally but I don't even want, yeah, I don't even want this to just be like, a, you know, a nostalgia or whatever, because I don't want this to be like arguing over if the game was better. I mean, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. 
and, I'm, and I, this isn't me trying to no, harp on no, no, the game no. being better. It's it's how fucking when when the time to kill is longer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 It, and when your gear is more janky yeah. and everything is just less. They talk about my perfect flick one tap CS:GO two yeah. stuff, yeah. and it's more visceral. It's more real. It's more quote unquote hardcore. You know, it's yeah. And so that, like, I think, oh, oh, what I was going to say was like, I, I think, I feel like it's just people, you know, the people who are like, man, I, I don't want to lose, you know, I don't want to lose the ability to one tap a chat or like, like, how, how am I going to compete when all these chats run around? Like, I think that's a ping pong of like bandaid, 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 where like, we've talked about this before when you, those video clips you were showing, what could you buy from the traders? Eight things, eight guns. Four armors, right? An AK-74N with a black handle. Yeah. Uh, you could put a PK-06 on top, or you could have a, yeah. a P PSO on the side, and you put a rubber butt pad. Yeah. So what do they do? They add more guns, better guns. They add more armors, better armors. Where do they put it? On the traders. People who are good at PvP have higher access to stuff. People who aren't as good at PvP feel like, well, they need something better to be able to keep that spirit of Tarkov. So then they add the Vepper Hunter, but then they add, just add more armors and then they add a better low tier gun and then they add more armors and then they add a better low tier gun. And it's like, that's why, like, I think both parties would be happier here. I think if the, these things weren't, if the high tier stuff wasn't as common, but then the low tier Chad killer wasn't as common, you would feel like you'd be able to, if you position yourself wider, right or get a crazy headshot, you would feel like you'd be able to hit that shot with a grotch. You wouldn't feel like you needed an SVT. And if the latter felt fair and balanced, if you are a Giga Chad right now, you'd be using the best stuff you had available to you, yes. And you'd it wouldn't be as good as what you have right now, but it'd be the best stuff I have available to you. But you would run into people running the best stuff they had available to them. That's the thing is it's like you use the SVT until you're 42 with 80 million rubles. It, that is the best thing available to you until you just have an infinite amount of money. And so I could be wrong. Like I said, I, I totally could be wrong. I'm not, I hold all my opinions with an open hand, not a closed fist. I don't think that like I've solved Tarkov, but I just think that like, uh, I think this came from a part of the conversation where we said, and this is something I don't feel like enough people are asking, at least not publicly asking, is how do we incentivize the behaviors that we want? Everything comes from how do we de-incentivize the bad thing? How do we get people to stop ratting? How do we get people to do this? How do we get people to stop doing this? How do we get the chads to stop running around? How do we get people to stop making so much money? How do we get people to stop doing this? But it's like, what is the behavior that we want out of the game? And... Tell me in the comments, is this a wrong thing to want out of the game that people feel confident and trust the game enough to grow with their skill level, to want to bring better gear as they feel like they have better skill and just like grow up that ladder? It doesn't mean you never do hatchet runs. It doesn't mean you never do pistol runs or whatever, but it's just like, do you feel like you can, tr do you trust the game enough to use anything other than an SVT? You know what I mean? So it's like, if we squish things from this end, I think everybody would have more fun. I think rats would have more fun. I think middle tier people would feel like they could use middle tier gear and enjoy it. And I think chads would have more fun because they'd fight more people who are more willing to fight. And then all of this, all of this 
is layered on top of what I talk about all the time, which is if they did every single thing I said, which I'm not saying what I said is the perfect thing to do, but if, if I had the magic wand and they did every single thing I said, I do still believe that all of that with the audio that we have and the net code we have and the painkiller system we have, the game would still, like, I still think people would just rather. Like, I, I think obviously the core and most fundamental parts of the game are those things. But this conversation was more talking about found and raid and just these things. So I feel like I have to qualify that because people are going to be like, it was so stupid. I agree, right? The sound is the sound is the most important thing. The decent, the, the networking, those are the most important things. But, but I do think that we arrived at some interesting conclusions here. <clears throat> the other, the, the only other part of this was, like I said, the, uh, the coming of the side of we should remove found and raid because it promotes more people cheating. Um, my opinion on that is that that might be a percentage point of why people turn to RMT. I would say more people turn to RMT because the economy is scuffed in such a way that, you know, you can buy 7,000 rounds of BP and all this stuff on eBay for $2 because it's so easily attainable for whatever. And then I, and I also think that like people turn to RMT because the game is not fair and not fair is in Tarkov. To be fair, the the base game is not trustworthy. Like I said, I I I actually think that the audio and the netcode and the that kind of stuff push people to RMT more than Found and Raid. And maybe I'm wrong there, but yeah, you want like it's it's not unreasonable to say okay, if I'm gonna invest X amount of hours into the game, I want like a nest egg to be able to invest into. Yeah the X future hours of with the gear I want or to do the things I want, right? Like that's the way a lot of people look. The problem is, is that because of X issues, all these different issues, the people on the far, far end of the spectrum, they just, they think, okay, how am I going to achieve this thing where I can use the guns and the gear that I want every raid? Yeah. Well, considering that you're going to die like 80% of the time, just naturally because you're bad and you're new. And then some other percentage of the time you be, you actually do well, but then the game cucks you anyway. Yeah. So it's like, I'm never, I will never be yes. able to run the gear I want. Yeah. I'll never be able to do whatever. So then they turn to RMT. Now I also, it's, we also can't forget that none of us know anything about how common RMT is. Yeah. How many people, none of us know. We have no idea for all we know. It could be just like the, flea market bots where oh, people are yeah, pointing yeah. to this thing people were so sure they were flea market bots yeah and i'm still i'm like th there's there's no way that anybody will be able to prove or demonstrate it because it's it's ancient yeah. history yeah, now yeah, yeah. but but i i'm fully convinced that there was like seven flea market bots yeah and and that 99 of the issues that we experienced that seemed like bots yeah were just normal behavior inside of a broken system yeah um but it, so it's like people assume RMT is this common and it's almost yeah. always because a couple of brain dead cheating scumbags yeah. had some interviews with some brain dead streamers yeah. and wanted to pretend like they've got, you know, big dicks or something. And, <laughs> yeah. and they, you know, I make fucking $300,000 a year from all this RMT. And, and so untrustworthy yeah. sources and assumptions about how common an issue is that is the underlying cause yeah. of 
another problem, cheating, for which we don't have any idea how yeah. common yeah. or how prevalent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's an unknown with an unknown causing an unknown that causes an unknown. For sure. Yeah, yeah. That's a. I mean, that's a good point. That's a good point. And uh, and and the other side, like p- people are mentioning mentioning some other things. Yes, everything we've talked about is only part of the equation for a why people cheat or RMT or b how to fix things. Of course, things like the skills and and they can be reworked that to incentivize or decentivize types of behaviors. The stims absolutely need to be rebalanced, right? When it's just when it's just pay to get rid of the weight system, you know, it's literally pay to win weight system. If you have enough m- money for a trimadol and an SJ6 and a mule, you just don't have the weight system. Basically, um, the uh, the global limits and like how that's another thing people are talking about around where it's like how there's global and personal limits and just like some really bad ammos that nobody really cares about. They're not the best. Just like our perma sold out. And it's just like super weird and frustrating. Like all these things play into the experience as well. And we don't have time to go into all of them. I think we talked about some super interesting things and came to some super interesting conclusions. I like you. I can't believe you like completely convinced me that the hatchling apocalypse would basically never come back. I was like, man, I've been I've been singing that song. I was like, dude, if we remove Founder Ray, man, all the hatchlings are going to come back. Like you convinced me that that's not going to happen. So. I went on a journey here, but I do still think... If I, if I didn't convince you of that, then I would have wanted to convince you that hatchlings are better than Mosinlings or better than SVTlings. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're less toxic. Yeah, well, that... And that's... I, I had come into this conversation with a respect of that opinion. Like, because everybody was like, we should give her a founder raid. And then it was like, well, what about hatchlings? I was like, well, what about the hatchlings? Until a few people I saw finally just say... I'm not saying there wouldn't be hatchlings. I'm saying I would rather hatchlings than SVTlings. And then I was like, okay, I can respect that. But then you kind of really put me over the edge of like, oh, well, I don't even think they would ever come back anyway. Um, But for sure, for sure, this is what I've been saying a lot recently. All of these things, everything I said, everything we talked about, economy stuff, it's so hard. We are looking through a broken windshield. Like, once again, I, I don't I don't mean to beat this dead horse, but like with it's hard to talk about what types of things would promote behaviors when the game's core mechanics promote really bad behaviors, right? If you can't trust what you can see, if you can't trust what you can hear, and if every mistake is punished by basically instant death because the to- the painkiller system is so bad, and then a 10-minute queue because the queue system is so bad. It's hard to say. So it's like, I wish we had a better game because we would have better information on how players actually do want to engage with the game. And then we would have better better suggestions to how to alter those things. So I love having these conversations. And I hope that this podcast shows that I love having these conversations in spite of how broken Tarkov is. But I will still, even even after these great conversations, still maintain that. But without working audio, without a better netcode, without a better painkilling system, without a better matchmaking system, it's hard to actually have a baseline for how players want to engage in this game. You know, I I I I brought this up the other day. If you go to youtube.com slash Jesse Kazam, um, one of my most viewed videos of all time is how to get better at PvP. I mean, my my new player combat guide is like 800,000 views or something. I think people want to PvP. 
I think people want to get better at this game. I think people want to climb that ladder. The mechanics of the game make that borderline impossible. And then on top of that, the economy and the fountain raid system make that impossible. So I wish we could snap our fingers and fix the fundamental mechanics of the game because then we'd be able to at least see where people land and then have much better feedback for the, the economy and the fountain raid system of the game. But I do think it's fun and valuable conversation. And I had, I've just gotten so triggered having this conversation with chat that I wanted to have it in an isolated where it was just you and me. And there was like, <laughs> like it's not 800, you know what I mean? So, yeah. 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 A, bun a bunch of people have also mentioned the whole, like, do you think they should have either like free loadouts or, you know, whatever? Like, I, I, I think that Tarkov would probably be a better game if you could spend 50,000 rubles and get like 150,000 rubles worth of gear yeah. because that's really not that much gear right no. if it was like if it was like um you know like one of the level three helmets yeah or, or even uh, i don't know maybe it was just like headphones a rat rig and like an sks with a with a red dot yeah and like a 30 round mag yeah and then like some basic meds if you could one click buy something it was heavily discounted so it was yeah. super easy there was still a cost that's what you but it was discounted yeah yeah, I'm I'm so frustrated with repeatedly dying and having to put together kits. Let me put together a kit super fast, get a discount, not, you know. And then I also instantly realized, you know, because someone had just said, do you think people should have a default loadout for free, like Dark and Dark or something like a pistol in a bag? And I just responded with, I just thought scav runs. Like scav runs yeah. are that like kind of regular. Yeah. Here's some free stuff on a timer. Yeah. Which... I, I still don't think that would be a bad idea. I actually, because of scav runs, think the way you posed it would be the better idea where there is a cost associated. It's not free. It's cheaper. It's a bundle discount and it uses their preset system. So it's just like, boom, I can go. Um, yeah, because, they, because then what you're, you're giving people the option because now they think, do I put together something that even the most basic of kits, you either put together a basic kit, full kit, that's like 300,000 rubles for some basic bullshit. Yeah. Or you invest the minimal amount possible, which is just a gun and some ammo and nothing yeah. else, which ends up being 60,000 rubles, you know, 50,000, whatever the prices are these days. Yeah. Or hatchling. And it's like, yeah. If the, if the, the first one I said, the like low mid tier full kit where you have meds, yeah. you have some kind of decent optic red dot, whatever, you have. Yeah usable passable ammo and some protection against the most basic like toss scabs yeah if that is fifty thousand rubles yeah everybody has fifty thousand rubles yeah to be able to invest in that it would make no sense to be a hatchling yeah and it would make sense it wouldn't make any sense to be an svtling yeah because you're actually gonna have a better chance of surviving with a little bit of armor yeah and even like an sks that has a couple of mods that make it easy to shoot then, you know, so I think something I along that lines is good. And I don't think it's a bad idea to be incentivizing PMCing a little bit more. This might be a hot Jesse Sam's hot take, but I feel like scaving is out. It's just getting out of control. If you're a PMC, you want more people to be PMCing than scavs. I do scav runs. I do scav armies. We've talked about before. I don't think you should pick. I don't think you should be able to pick where you should scav. Something like that would immediately make that 50,000 kit so much more valuable over a scav run. Because if I want to go here... 
then I'll do this instead of my scav, right? Because I don't know if yeah, I'm. Yeah, and, and you can do quests. Yes. And make and make progress and whatever. And and scavs are fun for people, but at the same time, when you're not scaving, yeah. scavs are cancer. Dude, it's right? cancer. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, to be honest, I haven't seen a single SVT naked guy, bro. <laughs> Go to interchange. <laughs> Me and Valiant were trying to finish long line where you have to kill 30 PMCs in the mall. So they reduced the, uh, so they added the SVT this wipe. They reduced the, uh, track suit from a hundred kills to 50 kills. And they made Killa now only spawn in one location instead of 30. What do you think interchange is right now? It's 11 it's fucking... guys with flashbangs, SVTs, shattered masks, and then me and Valiant. That's it. It's Sounds like a fucking hot, hot five, college party. 500% more people now want to get... <laughs> now want to get tracksuit because it's half as much. It's easier to get because he's easier to farm. And they added the literal... They should change the SVT's name to the killer farming gun in the game because it's just like if you want to farm killer why bring anything else he's so broken and that gun is so good right so it's like yeah dude the interchange you is want the just SVTs it's crazy and everything we've been talking about everything we've described it is it's all about the meta yeah. Like what we're describing is meta, like just fundamentally. Yeah. Yeah. And what I mean by meta is not the cheapest because there yeah. are guns that are cheaper. It's the most value per It's ruble. the most efficient. Yeah. You know, like back in the day, it was the when the Mosin came out, you could invest 30,000 rubles into a Mosin. And that would, you, so, so think about it. You were, you had a hatchling. You have a 0.01% chance of killing a PMC and walking out with their gear as a hatchling. You really need yeah. to catch them like texting their girlfriend with like TikTok up on a second screen while they're AFK thinking nobody else is in the raid to be yeah. able to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> the moment they introduced viable gun, super cheap, no more hatchlings. They yeah. were Mosinlings because, well, now your chances are like 40%. Yeah. Would you invest nothing? And have a 0.0% chance. Yeah. Or would you rather invest a little bit and get 4,000% increase? Or would you then... Then this is the problem. Then the next step up is invest 100 times that and get a 1% yes. increase in your... Yes. Yes. So and it's, that's, it's all dude, about... Yes. Yeah. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Is that like... And that's what I was talking about. We're the middle of the ladder. That's what I'm talking about. Like there's no growth in the ladder. Yeah, exactly. You hit a point at a really low level where you're like, oh, investing 50,000 rubles increases my chance of survival by 500,000%. And then investing 250,000 rubles only increases at another single percent. Why would the I do that? The returns are insane, which which yeah. makes, makes for cancerous combat yeah. because you either... Like you almost always feel like you are on the losing end of the deal because you either lose to the guy who invested less than you, or you you win against the guy that invested less to you less than you, and your reward is garbage. So yeah. it's it's just like a lose lose for the average person who wants to invest in gear and progression and whatever. Um 
and I forgot what the other thing I was going to say was. Uh, shit. <laughs> what did I just say? Uh, we're, uh, we're talking about the... We both got totally distracted yeah, yeah. by chat. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, well, this is where, like, if I had a cricket cricket like sound effect yeah. I would have on my thing um fuck well yeah the, yeah yeah the value proposition not you know ha, meta, dimi- meta yeah meta you're diminishing meta. returns um right so i was saying how investing in the stuff is not worth it the people that decide that they want to their reward for winning fights against people who don't yeah. is garbage. Yeah. And then losing to the people with garbage, it feels doubly, doubly feels worse. Garbage, yeah. Um, but yeah, there was some some other thing that I was gonna say that I fucking forgot off of the back of that. Maybe it'll come to me. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh great conversation though. This is what I this is what I needed. Like I needed some good Tarko conversation where because I, I, yeah, I was comp- my mind has been completely changed on a few things, and I feel like we had some good conversations. So, I don't know. Of course, there's lots of issues. Of course, you know, cheating is a problem, and that's completely separate than the other things. And it's like I don't know. There's just a lot of things, but I just felt like there was some some valuable stuff here. So yeah, found and raid, scuffed mechanic, but the game is sufficiently scuffed. That <laughs> uh, my my heart, <laughs> my soul, my brain. We are both we are both completely off the rails because of chat saying shit like, "But isn't that Tarkov? Mm-hmm. You bring more gear for a better chance of survival, but not a one hundred percent chance." What we're talking about here is, yeah. of is course, that's a point zero 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 one percent chance is what we have now, and that's not what tarkov is yeah tarkov is not a game designed so for you to experience diminishing returns in your investment in time yeah 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 that's not what tarkov is about that's it's Um, yeah exactly and that's that's what i say all the time where people are like well you can't change the economy because casuals need a way to kill chads it's like you do but you don't need a way to kill chads 90 percent of the time like like that would be obviously be skewed nobody would ever run any gear Chance doesn't mean 80% chance. And that's, we're talking about that on the back end. Of course, Tarkov is about no matter what you bring, you don't have 100% chance of survival. But like the deltas yeah, need I, I to just, be more than just 0.01%. Yeah, much closer to right now, we have like a fucking L shaped in yeah. whatever the axes are, an L shaped fucking, uh, you know, graph. When I, I think we need much closer to a bell curve. Yeah. Where. In, in terms of skill and investment, where I want there to be a reasonably proportional benefit yeah. to being better at the game and using better stuff. Yeah. Otherwise, there's no point to using better stuff. And if there's no point to using better stuff, then there's no point in progressing. If there's no point in progressing, why am I going to play the fucking exactly. game? Exactly. If there's if there's if I'm not rewarded for getting better then there's no point in being skillful. Yes. I might as well just go and run and loot safes and stuff it in my ass and sell it. Exactly. Right? And and 
making that a making it reasonable like you said i want a reasonable i want that too making that a reasonable number instead of what i would say which is an unreasonable right now doesn't get rid of the spirit of tarkov in every other game if i'm 50 levels higher than you and have the best gear in the game and you have the worst gear in the game you can't kill me the spirit of tarkov is that that's even a possibility it needs to be a reined-in, reasonable possibility. Like, does that not compute? It's the same thing when we talk about the painkillers. And I'm like, the adrenaline effect or something, like, I should be able to move when I get shot. And they're like, well, that's the spirit of Tarkov, man. And it's like, no, it's not. In every other game in the world, when you get shot, all of your health and armor is just like a magical pool that you just like, and it just comes back up. The fact that... It's even in the game that you have to limp and then rely on painkillers to scrub. That is the spirit of Tarkov. It can be changed. It can be made yeah. better. The fact that it's even in the game, that's the spirit of Tarkov. The fact that you can kill me with one shot if I'm careless is the spirit of Tarkov. It should still be reasonable, though. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and the, the whole, isn't it the spirit of, Tar spirit of Tarkov that X? All that is is a gussied up version of saying you just want the game to be different, bro. The game isn't for you if you yeah, don't like the way yeah, the game is. Yeah. Because the, the premise is is that the way the game is now is the way it, it is the spirit of Tarkov, 100%, right? 100%, man. It's the way it was intended to be. It's like, no, you can't you can't articulate in a couple sentences what the spirit of Tarkov is. You watch my fucking video as Tarkov gone in the wrong direction and you full screen that shit and you listen to the music while you walk through the thing in the environment that you need to experience it yeah. tarkov is about experience it's not about money it's not about rubles it's not yeah. about any of those things yeah. so, you, so you can't simply explain it two thoughts and that's on the that. reason why tarkov has it it's the reason why tarkov is remotely unique amongst the massive pool of all of the gun games in history. Yep. And it's why it's it, it got as popular as it did and it blew up like it did. Yep. That is the reason. For sure. Two things on that. One, if you think that everything in the game is in the game because it's in the spirit of Tarkov, know that Veritas had to educate Nikita about a bug with how damage was being propagated through the body that he was unaware of that was in the game for three years that the entire community actually thought was how it was supposed to happen. It wasn't hardcore. It was a bug. And nobody at PSG knew. Holy shit. <laughs> and then the second thought there is, we actually, you know, I, I reminded myself of this the other day. We had the big man on the podcast. I need to find the clip. Do you remember one of my questions What to Nikita was, what's the perfect raid? Because I kind of wanted to box him in right on like, he wants people fighting. He wants people PVPing. He wants people looting or whatever. And you know what he said the perfect raid was? An experience that you remember. Something you want to tell people about. Okay? So that's the vision of Tarkov from the man himself. All right? Spawning in and getting spawn killed eight seconds into a raid from a guy that just spawned in, turned, and killed me. That's not the vision. That's not the hardcore freaking vision, right? 
finding a quest item, getting shot in the leg by Sniper Scav, limping around, unable to take painkillers while he just continuously... That's not a raid to remember, you know what I mean? It's like, there it's, isn't... It's, it's, yeah. it's, all the stuff isn't in the game just because it's hardcore. So much of the things we're complaining about are unintended consequences <laughs> that they have put in the game. It's not... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you just think about all of the all of the the worst aspects of of the game that people want to they want to look at things and paint them in a certain way. So, like, you spawning in and then getting insta tapped across the map by a scav that isn't a good thing. It's not that isn't the spirit of Tarkov. It, you know, it's it's. <laughs> Yep. That being as common as it is, isn't it's that like you said, isn't the reason why Tarkov is Tarkov. It's not the spirit of Tarkov. The spirit of Tarkov is that when you're in a raid, that you have to fucking worry about all the yeah. things all the time. Yep. You could now I, this is complete fabricated, you know, for uh for the sake of discussion kind of thing, right? If you could constantly be worried about everyone at all times, never feel safe, and scavs could never actually kill you, yeah, the game would it would be achieving its goal. It's not about the scavs killing you; it's that you can't take for granted that they're there. Yeah, yeah. so we have to look look at what the actual causes, what yeah. the actual things we're talking about, and and, and again. I'm not saying that because we should turn off, you know, because yeah. you turn off Scav's ability to kill you. Well, then people get complacent and have to worry, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can't have you worrying about Scav's be based on the fact that they're so unpredictably broken that yes. you can die to bullshit at any time. Yes. And here's I want to be walking through customs at, you know, while the sun's going down and all of a sudden see five Scav's walk, uh, 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 you know. They're yeah. on like a fucking mission around the corner and like, oh, fuck. And a bunch of five drunken dudes with ta with tauses yeah. that are missing have a, a decent chance of killing you. And you shouldn't have been standing out in the open, not listening exactly. to your surroundings. Exactly. I, I don't. Yeah. Scavs should absolutely be able to kill you because if not, then you wouldn't have to worry about it. But that's the thing is they shouldn't instant kill you. The raid comes from your ability to react. Your reaction is a one of fear because you are concerned that they can kill you and they are a problem. And before before people type in the comments, I know it's coming. That doesn't mean that Tarkov's vision is only to survive raids. Do you know how many raids I've had that I died that I told people about or that I spent how many times I spent just sitting laying awake at night after a stream being like, I can't believe I pushed that. Why did I repeat that? Like when the game is set up in a way that you died in an epic fight and you can understand why you died and figure out what to do better next time, that's still a memorable experience. That's still a thing. It's not at all about just always surviving raids. It's about not dying to things that give you nothing. You know what I mean? That completely don't add to the experience. Yeah. Think about the when I showed the fucking Red Dead Redemption 2 clip from earlier me dying the first time around when I wasn't in like first person, whatever. Right. When I rolled up to yeah. the dude hanging by the tree, um, I died there. Yeah. And that was the coolest experience I had in the whole game. Yeah. It's not about surviving. Yes. It's about having the intended experience. Yes. And the intended experience should be 
I am reasonably afraid of reasonable risks that I need to have reasonable knowledge and experience to be able to try to combat. And it's not guaranteed and it's not easy. Yeah. Yes. Now, here's the thing. In a world where that happens and you die to scavs, you're going to be frustrated in the best way where it's yes. like, fuck, that was incredible. You're going to be frustrated in the intended way. Yeah, but the problem is is that people see you being frustrated with the game and say frustration's the goal, right? Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, no. They're they're looking at the outcome and assuming that the outcome Yeah. that anything anything that leads to the outcome yes is is the intended design. Yeah. It's not. You should be frustrated, it should be difficult, it should be hardcore, it should be yeah. punishing. But that doesn't mean all of the things that are hardcore and punishing and challenging and whatever, those lead to you dying and being scared yeah. in completely different ways than do broken net code and yeah. scavs and cheaters. Yeah. The end result is frustration. Yeah. Dude, but it, and that's it's a, a different simple, world. It's a simple concept that people don't don't understand man we know this in life right if one of the goals in life is to acquire as much wealth as possible robbing a bank is not on the list of things that is an acceptable way to get there so it's like if the goal of tarkov is like experience and sometimes true frustration and fear that doesn't mean that everything that produces those emotions is the acceptable way to get there that's that's not what it means and 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 some people it's the can't. most basic bitch way of thinking i think i don't think some people you try to consider that in Tarkov. I think, yeah, like you said, a lot of people, it's just like, it's frustrating. Tar this, I didn't have fun. Tarkov's not supposed to be fun. You had the proper experience. You know what I mean? And it's like, that is not, that's not how it is. You had the proper experience. You had the proper experience. Holy cow, dude. I feel like I'm losing my voice. Well, uh, yo, this was good. This was real good. I'm glad we talked about like the Red Dead stuff first because I didn't realize that that was going to end up being such a tangent. So, um, but yeah, holy cow. Thank you. I'll take this time. If you've got, if you've made it this far into the podcast, then you're, if you made it this far into this podcast specifically, you probably would be interested in the PP, which is uh, patreon.com slash the podcast pod where me and Veritas mauled about all sorts of other things in addition to Escape from Tarkov. Um, but if you are interested in the podcast, if you like the podcast and want more content, we do extra episodes. You get early access to the episodes. We do add free access, access to some of the earliest episodes that we've ever recorded, which were, if you want to see some bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, BSG can do no wrong, Jesse Kazam. <laughs> you find it in those episodes. Um, True that. But, uh, wow, good conversation. Thank you guys for hanging. Uh, if you're listening to this, as a reminder, also, we record these live on Veritas' channel, twitch.tv slash Veritas, on Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. And uh, you'll catch this, uh, if you came in late as the live audience, you'll catch us on YouTube and all the podcast uh, platforms on Monday, unless you're subscribed to the PP. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys for hanging. Good conversation. And we will definitely see y'all on the next one. Peace.